Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Stephanie, Wolfric, Natasha, Sophia, Garotica, Vance, Cody, Boezy, Jeremy, Brother, Ali, Nathan, Jennifer with a PH, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Danielle, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karoon. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group where we hang out all the time. I put 150 miles on the car yesterday. Mikey, that's what you do with cars? You drive them? I want it to be close to zero. Forever? You bought it. You didn't lease it, right? No, I bought it, yeah. And he'll have that car until the wheels are falling off <laughs> that's of it. What every, that's what everybody in my life said. My, go, my mom goes, this will be the only car I see you buy before I die. Probably, yeah. And she'll outlive us all, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> to die and then me being in like a really rough spot of like having to go spend like 30 grand on a used car yeah, and that not you didn't being able like. to buy something yeah yeah but mikey your xterra died like four years ago <laughs> <laughs> you were dragging its corpse through town Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, we watched Mathregan. Mathregan. <laughs> now, I love that meme, too. It's very, very funny. I, <laughs> we also did not plan that, and it's wild to me that all three of us said that. I, my notes say Mathregan, so I don't know what movie you guys watched. <laughs> the title of this movie is... Mathregan. Like, it is that. Mathregan. Yeah, unless you're a Jason Blumhouse who's like, no, it's Megan. Okay, fine, but it's Mathregan. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if Blum wants me to call it anything, I'll call it that. But we have to talk about this movie. So, was this the first time you guys had seen it? Yes. yes. Same. Yes, and we did watch the, un I watched the unrated version on Peacock. I, I, I did too. I had to watch like two minutes of commercials beforehand, and then I watched it uninterrupted. It was great. Yep. But what did you guys think? First time watching with the Regan. I, I want to see everything Akila Cooper writes ever. I legit <laughs> wrote that note down. I was like, this is probably not as good as Malignant in my mind, but it's so great that I want to see everything she ever does ever forever. It is different. It is different, but with the opening commercial for the Furbies that shit themselves, I was like, yes, bitch, 
bring the madness. I was like instantly in. The fucking movie <laughs> kicks off with a commercial that's more or less, dogs are great, but like they die. What if you had a yeah. dog that didn't die? Never died. They had <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog's human teeth. <laughs> and Furby hair. And Furby hair. It's, it is like kind of malignant to me where it's like strong 80s horror vibes. <laughs> Energy. I mean, yes. I think this is largely like a reimagining of what Chucky would be like today. And I, yes. I'm here for that. It's great. It's a great version of that. Yeah. Because this is essentially a taller Chucky who is not appropriating voodoo culture. Yeah, voodoo culture. I forgot that Chucky was a voodoo thing. <laughs> I think part of that. <laughs> and for some reason in my mind, I'm like, it's lightning, right? Um, I believe that that is now after the second movie that that may never like after he fails his spell that may never. We'll he, find it, out. I think it's too late for him to go back. So we will find out, Paige. We will <laughs> find out. Now, I mean, this movie swings hard with what it's trying to do. I oh, mean, yeah scary but like it's definitely very entertaining i didn't put it as a one on the scary scale for me we'll talk about it later but it's not that scary it is a manageable level of scary for me i don't know what they're thinking putting like the titanium terminator body in the damn thing i know <laughs> they're like, like uh... hey let's make this creepy self-aware doll super strong that won't backfire ever <laughs> the second they were like it learns and i was like uh-uh no i don't trust shrooms i don't trust the terminator uh-uh. i don't trust robots in general i don't even have a roomba get the fuck out i have a roomba but if my roomba ever started controlling my like lights i would get rid of it yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> she might be the worst parent i've ever seen in a, in a while in a film <laughs> she's not really a parent she's an aunt trying to figure it out mikey who had loving grandparents who were like hey this is a lot of responsibility we could also do this and she's like no i'll do it I built a robot to do it. Well, we never meet them. We don't know. Because she does say they're a little weird. <laughs> like yeah, there's a reason Katie's mom was like, don't let them live with his parents, please. Yes, yes. I got the vibe that they were just like Mormon or something. So she was like, don't let them live with them. Or, or just elderly, you know, depending on how old they are. How could you defend this woman? I'm not. She wasn't ready for it, but she also probably never expected it to happen. Neither oh, did yeah, no. the mom when the mom wrote the will. But there had to be a reason she did that. But like she was literally like, I don't know his parents well, so I'll do it. And then like no, everyone's like. No, she didn't say that she doesn't know them well. She says, I've met them and they're nice, but they're a little weird. And there's a reason. There's a reason. The will yeah. said that she shouldn't go to them. So like yeah. something is off. I somehow think. It would have gone better than this. I, I would. No I'm going to defer to the mom that. who definitely knew that. What? The, the mom. The mom <laughs> who wrote the will before she died. Yeah. Who definitely knew them and made that choice for a reason. Yes. I'm just saying she ended up being ignored and then a ro she watched some robot murder a few people in front of her. Probably. I'm not saying that's good, but I'm saying none of that would have been anticipated. But based on what could have been anticipated, they did not choose the grandparents for a reason. I think they should have not added that as a plot point. In That's the true. There could have just not been. Yeah, we could have just never learned that. They sort of paint themselves into a weird corner. They didn't have to. Right. But also, it gave me pause when before anything bad has happened, the grandparents are already talking to the therapist behind their back. Um, yeah. That gave me pause, too. I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, I've got thoughts for this well-funded social service that allegedly exists out there. Where a therapist is like, a nice home? I don't think this is a proper oh, yeah. place for yeah, a child. I was like, what? Yo, when she 
said that, I was like, this therapist is so privileged. Like, if she is, if she saw where I l- grew up, her head would explode, but you wouldn't notice because that's how dirty the place was. Like, <laughs> what? So when she goes into it, she has her speech about, like, unhealthy attachment to Megan. Yeah. Attachment theory. This is just me nitpicking the film, which I really like, but I'll nitpick it. I think the therapist should have been an employee of the the toy company who, like, is studying the psychology of what's going on. Because that little point she made about, hey, maybe that this is an unhealthy attachment. of and, and Yes. I thought that was all really cool. Yeah. And also, like, she got invited to their company place a lot. And I was like, just, why isn't she just not an employee at this point, like a psychologist? I think part of it is because there's a few scenes of her story that get cut out. Oh, uh, okay. That I have in Fun Facts. Spoiler, she did not survive the original cut of the film. Honestly, yeah. wish we had had that. I loved me three again. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way they set up the therapist as like a bad person. And it, it made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. When she's like, you mean you have collectible toys that they can't play with? I was like, girl, there's like nine rooms in this house. Yeah. Not only like you have a, a <laughs> career that nets you so much disposable income that you have a beautiful mid-century modern home with like original danish modern furnishings that need coasters and collectible toys and a robot lab in the basement and you're gonna worry for this child's safety clearly you can afford a nanny if it comes to it compared to the reality when they show up me like does this child have its own bed check is there food in this home check yeah Yeah. like that's the stuff they were looking for where she's like you don't have experience with children i just don't know if this is a good placement well and she's like she's still in her pajamas i was like yeah it's clearly a weekend yeah bitch it's saturday like what are we doing (laughs) and even if it's not her parents are full ass dead what she has a change of clothes check. Like the bars are like really low for our yeah that sort of thing. Yeah. So that took me out because I was like, what state is this? <laughs> I think it's supposed to be the Bay Area, but I'm not 100. percent That would make sense because it is sort of a tech company, and that is where most tech companies are, right? The Silicon Valley area. Uh, let's see, Seattle takes place in Seattle. Yeah, that's also the other one. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. I did love that. Like, there's a billion dollars of technology built into Mithrigan, but they still can't make her not sound like. An 80s speak and spell, and that made yeah. me laugh. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Well, I'm sure it's to differentiate her voice from everyone else's and to give you clues as to why. Her voice is modeled specifically after an 80s film. Like, I'll talk about it in Fun Facts, but it was oh. a very specific choice. So there's like a nerdy reason? There's not like a tech reason? Yeah, no, it, she's supposed <laughs> to sound like, uh, I guess it's not 80s, but she's supposed to sound like GLaDOS from Portal. Oh. Yeah, that, I mean, she does. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Like, I get that that's why they wanted her to sound that way. Mm-hmm. Without a causality for it, it makes it sound like we just haven't improved speech models since the 80s, and that's funny to me. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff that's supposed to harken back to Chucky, so I think they're kind of like, yeah, fuck it. Go 80s with it and I'm fine oh, with that I thought it was great that she sounded that way it is not me saying I didn't love it mm. I just think it's weird <laughs> that we can build Mithrigan to do everything I'm supposed to expect it to do and then we just didn't improve vocal technology at all here's where I will play devil's advocate for for her having a robot voice just call her Stephanie Hawking and it's okay <laughs> no in order for us to get Alexa and Siri yeah adult women had to record hours and hours and hours of just talking to then automate that and they still sound robotic and you could not do that with a child right you could not have a child work 
that much for that long. Not yet. I mean, a lot of states are like opening up child labor because they're having well, trouble. Because with... nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, because nobody wants to pay anymore. None yeah. of these children yeah. want to pay their way. None of these children want to make so little money for so much abuse. <laughs> like, that, as someone who worked at retail a long ass time, no. Yeah. They do not pay those people enough and good for people for not putting up with it. <laughs> we need those tiny hands to get the coal that's in the hard to reach places in the mine we shouldn't be using coal anymore it's just i'm just a collector, <laughs> just a collector. can i just say this if we didn't have enough proof that mikey is santa we now have it he's into child labor he's a collector of coal, of coal. Page. Yeah, yeah you know what he's using that coal for he needs small elf like you might say hands yes we're on to you mikey i give them one lump of coal during christmas to keep their offices warm shit okay he he went ebenezer scrooge with the coal <laughs> reference yeah, yeah, he did. and i he fucked did. up i should have known that mikey only thinks cold with his christmas dickens. i'm all <laughs> i love that joke but nobody heard it i heard, I heard it. it okay <laughs> nobody liked it okay so <laughs> <laughs> that that joke gets paid by the letter i guess <laughs> That's a deep cut Dickens joke. <laughs> yeah. I did like the grief journey that the kid and the, the mom, the, the aunt go through. Yeah. Their their conversation at the end was beautiful. Yeah, it, was. it was beautiful. Yeah. I called this movie the second she puts on Bruce's power glove for the first time. I called it. Oh, I yeah. was like, 100%. the little girl's going to have to kill Mithrigan with Bruce and the power gloves. I was like, Check yes. off Bruce. And I was honestly thrilled. Like, that only, like, I never get mad when I, like, call stuff super early. I don't care. I want, I'm there to be taken on the journey. I don't necessarily care if I call the end of the journey. And man, was I so thrilled when she put him on and beat the fuck out of Mithrigan with Bruce. I was very happy to see that. The only way it would have been funnier to me is if the robot with the power gloves was named Amy and it was just a deep cut oh, Congo Amy reference. Sad. Amy sad. <laughs> Amy sad. Amy must protect Katie. Yeah. I think this movie is just a metaphor for how social media is destroying our children. Oh, facts though. Dropping facts into the chat. Spitting it. I agree with you actually. I, I do think that is part of what this movie is trying to say. I don't think there's any tangible data that social media has made the world any worse at all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's just a reflection of who we are. Um, after watching four seasons of Too Hot to Handle in the last like three and a half days, Paige, I'm gonna disagree with you, Todd. That's exactly <laughs> how I watched it, Paige, and that is my recommended viewing amount. Same. Literally, go watch Too Hot to Handle as long as you can stand for as many days in a row as you, as you can stand. <laughs> that that it's is amazing. basically what I, I think. Did. I'm too invested in Perfect Match, where I think I have to go back and watch these shows to. You see where these people to, came from. Same. I literally went back and watched The Mole because I like Dom in Perfect Match. <laughs> I gotta watch The Mole. I think that's gotta be next, but you gotta watch Circle Season 2. Fuck, for Chloe? Yeah. Yes, that is essential <sighs> viewing. To me, Circle's boring though because no, they're like separated Cir circle season two is fucking hilarious i saw season two and really enjoyed it as well yeah season two that's the one crystal wrote crystal worked on that season and part of the season after i well, believe that's why it's so good we got to talk about this in the bonus episode later today yes because i have so many fucking thoughts yeah we'll do that but let's just get in this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene because we've got so much to say it opens with the craziest Furby commercial you have ever seen for <laughs> Perpetual Pets. It's my and favorite. And again, it's basically like, 
oh, your dog got old and died? Never cry again with this toy that shits. That's like its main thing is that it poops, which is hilarious to me (laughs) that you like feed it fake fruit on the app and then it just like shits all over your car. And that's like its thing. That wouldn't last super long because you would have to ship that toy full of poop and then eventually it would run out of poop. Todd, I'm here to tell you. Do you think it's 3D printing poop? Um, no, but that's the best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) What? (laughs) Of course it is. That's the answer. Paige, we are nothing if not machines that 3D print poop. Everyone's talking about this Turing test. Oh, can you pass yourself off as a real individual in a conversation? No, we need to be judging things on the does it 3D print poop test. Yeah, what that booty do? Does it 3D print poop? (laughs) Get into it, Mikey. As a child, I was gifted toys that did air quotes poop or pee at the time. Yes. And... Specifically one, I think it was called Baby of Mine. But you had to like load that cartridge, right? You had to like pour water into its mouth or like force shit into its mouth. Which is the darker part of that commercial, you know, one talks about. You have to you had to like mix food and then like feed it food and then it would come out the other end. That is so dumb. Hey, do you want a doll that looks like a baby but requires you to do actual work? Yep. Sounds awful to me. This is how, as an adult, I'm like, what's the upside of babies, really? I'm sure people out there know. I mean, I don't have kids either, Paige. I they're, don't know. They're cute, I've but not like been lots lucky of barf, love to have lots kids of yet. poop, not a lot of sleep. I think the puppy stage is not the most fun stage when you're talking about a children. Anyway, hilarious commercial. And they are like cute in a unnerving way the way Furbies are. Their teeth are not cute. I saw this and I was like, it's oh. It's Sonic the Hedgehog teeth. I love it. But I mean, it is very comical. Like this whole thing, I was laughing through the whole commercial. And it farts. It just constantly farts and yeah. I love it. Seeing it in action in the next scene is what really brought it home that this is an amazing toy. To me, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you made Seth Rogen a plushie doll, like that's what it would look like. Yeah. Well, when they're in the car and it's like, Katie, I've fallen. Are you going to help me? Yeah. <laughs> Please help me up, Katie. All I can see is the floor. I had a Furby at one point, but I follow an account on TikTok that has like taken Furbies and reskinned them to make them into like long snake Furbies. Oh, oh, and then they no. just have them say creepy, terrible shit. And it's one of my favorite things ever. And I feel like this really plays on the the millennial feeling of we all wanted Furbies, but realize that they are terrifying as adults (laughs) so we cut to her playing with fart threegan in the car Fart threegan is that what you're gonna call the 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 furby doll (laughs) the the perpetual pet yeah perpetual pet i called them perps i was like oh look at that perp perps (laughs) he's walking he's doing his perp walk yeah exactly The, the funny thing about this is I, I like gave it a name because I was like, I'm not going to write perpetual pets and they're going to be all over this movie and they're only in it for like the first five minutes. But it honestly, it steals, the sh- steals the show. So funny. I prefer the other company's ripoff because it shows its mood through its butts. <laughs> <laughs> and from a hot second, I was like, why is everyone so obsessed with the toys butts? And I was like, no, Paige, you know they are. Like, Bella. Ellie's butts, 
one of the two. Like, <laughs> it's the Care Bears all over again. It's the two Bs that Mattel's always talking about. Bellies and butts. No <laughs> boobs, because it's for children. <laughs> we all know children are ass people. Uh, I don't have an official stance on this joke. I think it's <laughs> that kids like farts, and I can't blame them. I mean, her perp makes a lot of fart jokes in the three minutes he's in this movie. So, yes, I think there's evidence to suggest that that's what this doll does. Well, humans love shit humor, and that's we just do. the way it is. If I learned anything from our episode that I'll just call the one where Mikey shit his floor on Romantic a Pod, I, I honestly forget what movie it was. Like, that's how crazy it was. I lost all of that data the second I learned that a week ago. <laughs> it was a week ago, yeah. I think it was the What Men Want episode, but don't hold me to that. But go check it out, guys. It is wild. Or don't. Anyway, so she's playing... With this little furry thing that shits yeah. in the car. And and she just keeps feeding it. And it keeps just farting and shitting on the seat next to her. But can I say this? When you say she keeps feeding it, she is like dragging pizzas over its mouth on the app. Mm-hmm. And then the doll itself shits itself. Or at least farts. <laughs> I don't know. It shits itself. But it talks about everything she's feeding it. So it's like, jelly berries make me feel good. <laughs> And I'm just like, <laughs> give me one of these dolls. <laughs> Take my fucking I need money. To talk. <laughs> I need to talk briefly about how these parents are the worst drivers in the world. Oh, yeah. yeah I think there's evidence bad. to suggest that they are. The only people worse than these two people at driving in the snow is everyone in Los Angeles yesterday. <laughs> because I was driving, like, did not realize it was snowing as heavily as it was. Because you're in LA? Yes, because I was in Los Angeles. Uh, people just... <laughs> stopped in the middle of the fucking yeah. freeway and got out of their cars to take pictures. I was like, you guys. Yeah, because then if a snowplow comes, they might just hit your car head on. Yeah. We don't even have snowplows. Like, I need you guys to keep driving so that there's drivable lanes. Like, oh my God. This dad, like, slams on the gas, fishtails, <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. I've oh, never like, driven in snow. The key to driving in snow, everyone, is one, don't do it if you're not comfortable. Yes. And two, you just drive really slow. Because if you sl- like slip, you just you don't go don't as have far. any momentum on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. The problem is if you're like going downhill or th- yeah, which they're not in this scene. Right. No. So in fact, I think they're going uphill. I do think it's funny that and listen, I agree with everything you guys are saying, but we are essentially saying, you know who really sucked at walking down creepy alleys? Batman's parents. First <laughs> they off, did. It's they their did. fault. You take the main entrance. <laughs> no one leaves in the back of the movie theater in that little exit. That's not a smart decision. I have an alleyway by my house. Do you know where I don't go? In the alleyway by my house. <laughs> I'm, I'm just here to say, PSA, do not drive in the snow if you are not comfortable and, and make sure that you have either snow tires or chains if you need to. And then if people ask you if you have them, don't lie to them. <laughs> because but he did lie about it being a four-wheel drive. It was not. <laughs> Anyway, a series of headlights plow into them while they're trying to drive in the snow. And she's trying to pick up that toy, which is crying out for her to pick it up, which is which is the best is, part. Help me, Katie. Please help me off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and she does it. It saves her life, Paige. Uh, yeah, oddly enough. But this is also where we learn that the reason that she has that toy is because her aunt yeah. worked for the company that made them. And we will find out later. Nepotism. That the, nepotism. I think it's actually niece-atism because mm, she's her niece. She's her niece. And we'll also find out that those toys cost $100. Give or take. Okay. I mean, that's 
seems that makes sense. about what it should be. Like, yeah, how much was okay. a Furby? They were probably like 50 bucks back in the day. They were about $35. I just looked it up in the 90s. And I'm going to adjust for inflation from 1995 because it just says in the 90s. So I'm going to adjust $35 to today. And that is $68 right around there. It also, they started at 35 but once demand increased and people couldn't find them, resale went over 100 And even oh. some stores were charging upwards of 60 or 70 yeah, so it, let's say it was seventy in the store. Yeah, that would be one hundred and thirty-seven dollars today. Yeah, that checks out. Honestly, that makes sense to me. Well, and when when her boss later is like, "I need to be able to put one of these on a shelf for fifty bucks," I was like, "Yeah, you do. Fifty bucks is the sweet spot." Yep, it makes sense. Anyway, so terrifying car accident, and we cut to Seattle where her aunt is working on that new $50 perpetual pet, um, but is also working on a secret project, which turns out to be Mithrigan. Yeah. And they put her face on for the first time, and it's pretty creepy, and it doesn't have quite the right, you know, expressions. Yeah. Because they kind of missed one part that was supposed to be in it, so her face catches fire. It's real crazy. It is And nuts. of course, just as that happens, her boss comes in and is like, I told you not to fucking work on this, and I told you to get me the $50 perpetual pet, because this other company, Furzies, <laughs> has the one where the butts change color. It's so <laughs> close to Furbies, they should be able to sue. Like, it's Furzies. Yeah. Furzies. I don't think Furbies are still a thing. Oh, I know. I think it's funny. I think it's great that they make it so close to what it actually was. Like, I love it. I'm trying to see if you can still buy them. I'm sure you can still buy them on, like, reseller sites, but... Oh, uh, no. You guys, you could buy a fucking new-ass Furby today. Well, how much are they today? $149. Damn! Wait, fuck that. I'm gonna get a perp pet. They must do more than what they used to. Oh, Mikey, you can make them do a lot. Oh, I don't want to. Uh, they're, they're a little creepier looking, and, and it does connect to an iPad. <laughs> and it, it plays exactly like the one in the movie where you can, like, feed it on the iPad. I don't think it shits, though. Uh, I see no sign of shitting. Can you tell it's moved through its butt, though, Paige? Okay. To hard reset, you have to basically, like, give it a... <laughs> you have to basically put its finger... Put your finger in its butt to hard reset it. I am not going to buy a toy that I have to make come every time I want it to reset. <laughs> and you have to put your finger in its mouth. <laughs> like, you'll know because his eyes will roll back in its head. Wow. <laughs> you legit have to make your furry come to reset it. Wow, I never thought me and a Furby would have so much in common. <laughs> well, and they've changed like the, the like structure of its body, so it moves more fluidly now. Oh. It's honestly scarier. Is it Mithrigan levels of scary though? No, okay. no, it can't learn TikTok dances and shit. It can't murder the boys on the playground. <laughs> <laughs> Can it sing Sia songs as a lullaby page? I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> and for those of you out there who were like, how did Todd know Sia but not Bubba Sparks? I looked it up. <laughs> or Ashanti. <laughs> or or what was the other one? Oh, Kelly Rowland yeah. the other day. I learned who Sia was three hours ago. <laughs> oh, my God. Todd. Here, here's what I will tell you, Todd. Todd, you have definitely. Kiss from a rose. That's, That's seal. seal. Oh, you say seal? Yeah, Seal did not sing Titanium. Uh, Sorry, I just heard a rustling and I was like, what's happening? That's all right. Bang. Jake had to get his drill. Why was it? We keep it in the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Because we only have one room, Todd. 
<laughs> that's why we're trying to buy a house, but I also yeah. reasons. Anyway, so her boss is like, why the fuck are you building this giant robot for? We will find out $100,000 of company money. 10000 Guys, there's no way she didn't spend way more than $100,000 on that. Millions. The $100,000, I think, was just for the mask. Because she talked about how they just spent that $100,000 on something. And we see them getting the mask. Yeah, Although I do, they have multiple masks at the end. And that kind of silicone isn't that expensive. Well, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe maybe it is just like $100,000 to hire a designer to make your dolls yeah. look like creepy 60s hit women. Yeah. Well, it could also just be time time spent on that, not on the other. Yeah, like yeah. billable time, you yeah. know, whatever. That CEO definitely has the vibe of someone who would use the word time theft in a non-joking manner. This goes on terrible. There are people that... I do be thieving that time sometimes. <laughs> like when I worked at Aeropostale and the store manager would clock in and then leave and go work at a different store. Not a not another Aeropostale, just a completely different place and just leave us there unattended and then come back at the end of the day and clock out. So she was getting paid at two different places <laughs> and she was making like 70 grand at each. Good for her. Wild. Honestly, good for I her, I respect man. the crazy hustle. <laughs> But if you were like, hey, that's time theft, I'd be like, that is time theft. <laughs> like, that is 100% time theft. One of my theft. friends in high school, her dad owned a, um, it was a Dairy Queen. I don't know if I should say it, but it was a Dairy Queen. And he didn't pay her, like, an allowance like some parents did. Uh -huh. He clocked her in when he was at work. <laughs> and the that's company paid up. her allowance. <laughs> she didn't work at Dairy Queen. Like, but she did, quote unquote, <laughs> work at Dairy Queen, if that that's makes sense. That's wild. He owned two stores. Oh, it was a franchise. Okay. So it was tax I mean, theft. that's, yeah, I was going to say, that's fucking embezzlement, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> yep. it's a different kind of crime, <laughs> but still a crime. It's not time theft, technically. Anyway, so her boss is like, what the fuck? And she's like, no, no, no. The only way for us to beat the Furzies people is that we have to be too advanced to replicate and we want to make a launch pad for something bigger. So like all the Furzies had listening technology and he's like, please tell me you didn't just say that because that's super illegal. Also, it's what Amazon and Siri have been doing to everyone for the past like five or six years. If you have an Alexa or if you yes. have Siri on your phone, yeah. like everything's listening to you. But children can't sign terms and services. Oh, no, I understand that. But like. If you have an Alexa in your home, Amazon knows what you're talking about. It knows when you and your spouse are fighting, like all of that shit. And it sells it to advertisers. That's why I don't have one. I mean, I have a phone, which is just as bad, but like you yeah. can't not have a phone. I, I have a friend who I was like, why don't you have an Alexa? Because uh, he was complaining about not having something like that. And he was like, I really only want Apple to have all of my shit. Like he's like, I know Apple owns me. Like I just don't want other people to own me as well. Like it's fine. That I, This is going to sound terrible. Hard same. We're not an Amazon family. We're an yeah. Apple family. Yeah. I'm not saying Apple's better. They're not. <laughs> That's just like where I choose to silo my data. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just wild that we have to think like that because in the United States, we have no protections of our personal data. Yeah. It's insane yeah. to me. What do you got to hide? <laughs> Everything, Mikey. I just want to be able to kill someone in self-defense like the fugitive if I need to. That's why I also don't give 23andMe my DNA. Oh, my brother already has. Uh, he self fucked it up. You ever think about that when your family member does 23andMe and you're like, now I can't murder somebody? I know. Yeah. Mikey, I did 
in me because I'm never going to kill somebody. That's what you, you say think. That. That's what you say. Yeah. You just got to yeah. be prepared for every eventuality. I honestly think if someone tried to kill me, I would not be able to kill them in self-defense. Like I. God, your self-esteem is so bad. <laughs> I don't mean like that. I mean, like going through the act of killing someone would be very difficult for me. Uh, I think if you're trying to kill me, all bets are off. I will fight you until I rip your skull off if I need to. And I, I agree that that is what you should do in that situation. I don't know if I have it within me to do that. I might still die, but I'm going to make sure your face is fucked up before yeah. I do You're it. You're going to remember me every time you look in a mirror. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to kick your jaw off your face <laughs> like <laughs> as much as I can. Honestly, if you kick off someone's jaw and then that person still has the like mental capacity and strength to kill you i get it like you could not have won that fight like that person is on pcp i'd hunt a person <laughs> I, <laughs> Mike, okay i wouldn't just like hunt a person i have punched somebody in the throat before and i'd do it again but like i wouldn't just hunt people i punched a kid once when i was a kid and i felt terrible about it forever i was an adult and i'd do it again today like that person yeah. had it coming they were trying to grow somebody that I was with at a concert and I just like throat punched and then we, they drifted back into the crowd never to be seen again. I had a guy stick his hand down the back of my pants at a concert and I had a very similar reaction. It was more of there a pu go. push than anything. But um, yeah. I, I did get to hear the satisfying <laughs> when I did yeah. it. I made a very similar sound when he put his hand down the back of my pants. There you go. Should have gone for the throat. <laughs> Mikey's face when I said that was very funny to me. It like squunched up more than I've ever seen it squunch. No. Yeah, physical <laughs> violence is like a last resort. Shouldn't it do it. It's yeah. always ugly, but you, that dopamine hit, it really does make you feel pretty good. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. problem. Yeah. The pillows in my house fear me. Yeah, they probably fear you for a couple of reasons. Oh, and yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're stuck together, Mikey. I know. I don't want to know what your Furby would say. It stays reset. <laughs> I'm, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, so they have taught the, the Furbies to listen to children and basically record their conversational patterns. Yeah, like every other technology company that's in your house has done for years, yes. Right. But the demonstration doesn't go well. She has to have that prototype on his desk by the end of the week and Mathrigan caught on fire, so what are you going to do? Uh, her phone vibrates. It's an emergency room. She has to go pick up Katie. Yeah, because her sister and brother-in-law just died. Like, it's, it's yeah. more than just she has to go pick up Katie. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they tell her, they're like, you should get a family lawyer if you don't already have one. And this is why I said, I was like, this is why you get a will. Always yeah. have a will. It, d it doesn't matter if you feel like you don't have anything to put in it. Always get a will. It sounds like her sister did have a will, though, right? Because the will said that yes. Katie should go to Gemma. Right. Yeah. So... She takes Katie home and they arrive at her fancy house only to be accosted in the driveway by the neighbor's dog. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Do I agree with him killing the dog? No. Should that neighbor have been a better owner? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. The fact that that dog like, was outside of its house off a leash made me mad. Yes. All the time. It was in its own fence. It wasn't in its own fence. The front was not fenced in. Yes. It wasn't just that there was a oh. hole in that fence. That dog could have gone around the fence. Every time. Yeah. yeah. Like when she was like, you should have fixed the fence. I was like. And then what? Build a front fence? Yeah, because like there's an open driveway. Yeah, I'm pretty sure after a dog bites a child, like 
they're not gonna be like there's nothing we can do they're like we like they put you on notice that like if your dog has oh, another yeah. incident it'll be put down by the state yeah yeah yeah, it's, yeah. which is brutal because i know sometimes that like god i always hate it when people are like i had my dog with me at PetSmart, and somebody just reached out without asking and yeah. the dog got scared because like it's a dog you know whatever that shit happens don't do that to dogs yeah, but here's the thing. The incident that we see later in this movie, that dog is fucking violent. Yeah. And it's just off a leash all the time. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I blame the owner, not the dog. Like, Absolutely, it's just it's a the dog doing yeah. dog shit. But yeah. like, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, and she's just like spraying chemicals on her driveway. Yeah, she's a terrible, she's, she's a terrible she's owner. She's not a great yeah. neighbor. Yeah. Not a great neighbor. Yeah, terrible, terrible neighbor. And the way that Gemma interacts with her, because Gemma is very curt with her immediately. Yeah, like it's very clear there's a contentious relationship there. Yeah, it, and, and at first I was like, hey, maybe you don't have to be such a dick to her. But then like the longer the movie went, I was like, you should be more of a dick. Yeah, <laughs> you should pressure wash her face off. Oh my God. That effect is why this is not a one for me. Just a heads up. Anyway, so they go inside. And Gemma has a whole bunch of toys because she's a toy designer. So she's got like collectibles. Every time Gemma is forced to explain that a collectible is not a toy, even though they are toys, I laugh a little bit because I have like a standing bit with one of my best friends who collects like pop figurines. Mm. And I always walk into his room where he keeps them and they are dope as shit. He has like cases for them with like special lighting and stuff like it's dope. But I'm always like, why do you have so many dolls? <laughs> it's like a standing bit we do or whatever like it made me laugh every time she had to explain it like when she has the toy and the therapist is like why don't you roll it and she's like well this toy it's not supposed to just roll like it's there's all right fuck it whatever i'll just roll it it's fine it's fine <laughs> uh, my favorite is when they make her open the package and you watch her just like die a little oh inside yeah as because she does it. it went from priceless <laughs> to 9.99 on ebay yeah i get yep, that yep. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she's tucking Katie in and she's like, you know, where where's your toys? Because like these aren't the ones to play with. And she like doesn't have a book to read because she wasn't planning on being a mom. It just happened suddenly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Normally before you're having these like issues with a I don't know. What is she? Nine or ten? Like ten year old or whatever. Yeah. Like you've had ten years to get to that point. She is literally dropped into being a mom immediately. And it's like that would be very difficult, I think. Yeah. Well, she also lost her sister. They're both yeah. grieving. Yeah, I, and I, I like and I like what the movie says about like it's good to have honest conversations even with children about grief. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you will always be a little sad, but that's okay. That's part of the process. Like this will grow and change over time, and we can learn and process with it. And I also think. We don't talk about it as much, but I think the sister, I, I think Gemma's grieving process is throwing herself into work. Me too. Uh -huh. I think that's how she is trying to process that's it. That's what I do when I'm grieving. Yeah. 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 And, and like, I thought about this too, where I was like, you know, if tomorrow, God forbid, my godson suddenly came into my care, like I babysat a lot. I've watched a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. It'd be overwhelming. Yeah. I could handle it, I yeah. guess, but it would be overwhelming. I think it'd be a great mom, but I get that it would be overwhelming for the first two months. This movie takes place over the first two months she's been a mom. I, yeah. My house is not equipped with like I have to learn what Bluey you is. You have like, drills I... in your bedroom, Paige. <laughs> hey. <laughs> shh. You should see the angle grinder over there. I like I like to see it was like 
I, I don't have a children's book. Let me download one on my phone. And I was like, yeah. oh, that feels weird. <laughs> the thing that I thought was funny is that she actually downloaded Go the Fuck to Sleep. <laughs> I do. That's one of my favorite children's books. Yeah. This is sound terrible. <laughs> At least I have books. You know, if a 10 year old came over, I have Princess Bride and, and a, yeah. a number of other books that I could read them. It'd be fine. If a five year old like my godson came over, I'd be like, I'm going to have to make up a story. <laughs> Yeah, it's time to yes and let's go. <laughs> let's go. This is not a joke. My mom used to make up stories about uh, a blue flying moose, and I thought that they were stories that she was read as a child that she remembered. Oh, and they aren't. She just made them up. So I was like, Mom, <laughs> I asked her about them. I was like, Mom, do you remember those stories, the blue flying moose stories you used to tell us? Where did those come from? And she was like. I don't know. I was just making them up. And I was like, oh, my God, because <laughs> as a kid, I mean, they, I don't I honestly don't remember all the stories or anything. So, like, they might have sucked. Yeah. But as a kid, it was fucking the Da Vinci Code. She was telling <laughs> me. I've never loved my mom more than that reveal. I was like, that is like so sweet and also awesome. My mom uh, read us a, a lot of books like she read us the Chronicles of Narnia as kids. So, like, by the time people read them in school, I had already read them like twice. But then she also anytime she made up stories, she would end them with and then they all flew to the planet Venus and exploded and then would just like leave and that was just the end of the story every time and that is how I know your mother's morality is what I would call chaotic good I would say my mom's chaotic good yeah yeah I mean yeah. Papa also has some chaotic good energy like I do feel like they're just the best people in the world and I'm so proud to have them as parents Oh, I mean, we are still reviewing your paperwork because we got to the end of it. How many people apply that it takes this long to review an application? <laughs> you forgot to fill out the last page where you have to sign off on the fact that once you're done being a member of your family, our family, that you have to fly to Venus and explode. <laughs> I filled all that out in triplicates. So, yeah, Mikey you know. got it notarized. So, like, you know, he's on it. We it's also still need your SAG card. Mikey never got a SAG card for his work on the Santa Boot Camp. We never did that movie. <laughs> we you were guys supposed never, to do that movie. You guys never let me do that movie. We forgot to do that movie at Christmas. No, you both you both said we, we were not going to do it. I honestly forgot about it. It was your pick <laughs> and you went angels. Yes, because we had a weird angel month because of you. Yes, like you had the chance to pick your own movie and pick something else. We're going to do it next year, next Christmas. See if you can spot the Mikey in Santa Boot Camp on Lifetime with, is it Sarah Michelle Gellar? No, no, it's uh, Melissa Joan Hart. She directed the blonde girl from The Walking Dead was in it, and so was that Rita, what's her face from The West Side Story? Rita Moreno, who is a legend. <laughs> Rita Moreno was in that movie? Yes. Yeah. A fucking Oscar winner was in Dude, that film. Rita Moreno's amazing. I, I saw know. her perform. Fuck. I honestly wish I had gone to be in it now. And that curly haired actress, that she was really funny. She was good. That doesn't narrow anything yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. You guys know the one the curly haired actress? The one curly haired actress? Yeah. Let's see. What was it? Can I guess? Hold on. Marissa Jarrett Winoker. I'm 100% sure you just made that name up. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Let's see. You think it's on IDBM? 
Yeah, Santa it Boot is Camp. definitely IMDb. on Internet Database Movie Broker or whatever the fuck you <laughs> yeah. just said. Emily, it's got 6.1 out of 10 stars on this. Honestly, that sounds like really good for a Lifetime Christmas movie. Yeah, uh, Marissa Janet. Win yeah. Mar Marissa Janet Winoker? Uh, fuck yeah. yes. <laughs> that was such a wild guess, but I was like, who would be in a Lifetime movie that always has curly hair? She's on What We Do in the Shadows. She's very funny. Mm -hmm. But fucking Anita is in that movie. Like, yeah. That sounds awesome. Mm, she's also in 80 for Brady. That should tell you about the projects that are being chosen right now. Well, uh, that she has access to, you should say, probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I, I, that I'm being real. Yeah. We'll stream watch this movie on this year at Christmas because it ends with me looking up at Santa flying a car over a scene that I'm in that I didn't know Santa was flying a car over. Yeah, you're just kind of wandering around because I've seen that scene of you just kind of wandering around. In the background? That's and where I am. How have we never really talked about how you were on we're, that movie? Katie family found it and was my, like, yeah, My is. family watched it like appointment television. I don't have Lifetime so I had to wait for it to stream. Same. Uh, but my family all sat and watched it and they were like, this was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's me like wandering around back and forth as Santa drives a car in the sky above me and Rita Moreno like waves. <laughs> I really hate that when I was giving you all the evidence that makes Mikey a real life Santa Claus, I did not include that he is in a Santa movie. Yep. I applied to be in another. Applied. <laughs> applied. Did you get a call back for like an interview or perhaps audition <laughs> is the correct for now? Use. Well, no, if you're an extra, you kind of just apply. You just oh, apply, yeah, yeah. yeah. I assume they were wanting you to reprise your co-starring role in whatever the fuck your name was in Santa Boot Camp. I had my own backstory because I was in character because my sleeves were rolled up. Yeah, because you bring everything you can to a role no matter yeah. how small, Mikey. I'm a serious actor. Yeah. You don't fuck around. Mm -hmm, He's very mm -hmm. method. They're like, your wardrobe's fine. This is California. And I was like, all right, I live in California. What's <laughs> that like? What what kind of person am I? I definitely am the kind of person that rolls up my sleeves. Because mm -hmm, it's hot. You know what? Inner monologue? Done. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely should move on. <laughs> so she doesn't have kids books. And she kind of puts her to bed and then starts opening boxes in the basement and finds the picture of her sister. And we find out later that... She does unpack some toys and stuff in those boxes. Yeah. But she hears Katie crying and goes to kind of comfort her, but stops outside the door and doesn't actually go in. Um, I think because, like, sometimes it can be difficult to manage other people's grief while you're going through your own. I think she also might just not know what to say. Like, that doesn't know what to say. Yeah. It's incredibly difficult to comfort even like a friend who lost a parent, you know, yeah, let alone yeah. when you've lost a sister, you know. So it's it's very easy from a mental health perspective. You just go up to that person and you put your arm around them and then you say, now you don't have a bedtime. <laughs> That'll be one hundred and twenty-five dollars. I love Mikey's parenting tips. Can I just say that those are my favorite parts? I got you a happy meal, so stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> what you have to eat three times a day? Fuck. No, cry I think crying is healthy grief for kids. When kids are like silent and not expressing emotions on their face, that's when you're like, uh oh. That's when you got to start feeding them pizzas from the app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, they're so sad they're not crying. Because they'll cry over, like, stupid shit. Right, Mikey? Well, no. Toddlers are, like, drunk sorority girls is basically. <laughs> True. They're like, why can't I wear the shoes that I want to wear to this? And you're like, you're, those are flip-flops. You got to go to school. And they're, like, just sobbing. 
and then that that's like just drunk sorority girl shit. And then, but like if they're like sat, like just sitting on their bed, like I'm really sad. You're like, oh no, something's happened. Yeah. Pro parenting tips. Yeah. There's no way that kid didn't just shit on the floor. <laughs> yeah, probably. Anyway. So they're watching cartoons the next day and she's on the phone with one of her coworkers and is like, hey, I need to get this work project done. And her coworker's like, you need to spend some time with the kid in your house. Yeah. And I think she's just like, I, yeah, but I like, A, I need to process through work. B, I don't know what to say to her. I, I'm not prepared for this. Yeah. So the therapist shows up and she's like, oh, yeah, come in. And again, walks into an orderly, clean household with clear disposable income to take care of that child. Yeah, at least 3,000 square feet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a massive And that house. does not include the robotics lab in the basement. Like, yes. there's just a lot of evidence of money here. I don't mean like like a lot. I mean like enough to take care of a little girl. Well, yeah. And that does not protect you from child abuse or whatever, but like. She's supposed to be just like check marking if this is in a like a safe household. Well, and and we know that it's only temporary custody because they said it earlier, and so it's like temporarily can this work out? Yeah, it looks like it. Um, but then she's focusing on the fact that she has collectible toys. Yeah, and she even says she's like, oh, I've got other toys in the basement. I don't know if she plays with them anymore. And the the therapist is just like, no, let's ruin your collectibles. Yeah, yeah, that's like if like if they came into my house and I and like I'm taking care of my goddaughter because their parents all died and, and their whole family died in a horrible like King Ralph type incident, right? Because <laughs> that's the only situation where that would happen. And they're like, but they do be taking a lot of family photos though, so like that might do, happen. They one do day. take yeah. that, but like it's like the, it's like the social worker coming in with a clipboard, being like, oh, you've got an Xbox. Yeah, I'd be like, well, I'm an adult, like I can have whatever I want in this house. That's healthy. Uh, but they'd be yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, you have an Xbox. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Put put a game on for the child to play. I'm like, that's not appropriate for. I don't have a child appropriate game. They're not allowed to play that. I only have Call of Duty Extra Blood version. <laughs> yeah. Why you don't get it unless you get extra blood? Yeah. I only have Ghost of Tsushima, but the DLC where you get to stomp people to death with a horse and then jump off the horse and put a samurai sword through their head. You know, good clean family fun. Yeah. About. Japan in the 1270s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's not a child's game. It's not for kids. Yeah. yeah, not for kids. Unless you want your kids to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, it's not for <laughs> Well, don't let your kids play in front of a social worker. There you At go. least not this social worker, because she seems like a terrible person. Like, I hated her immediately. When she made her, like, take the toy out of the box, I was like, none of this really matters to you. You're just, like, on a power trip. I, I don't know. Like, that Baku ball does not seem to be, like, a real big collectible or whatever. You don't I, know, I didn't know what's what it going on in this world i don't know what it is yeah i've never heard I think of it. it's a yeah. baku ball or whatever i mean like my friend's kids have some of that stuff you like hit them against each other and they like turn into robots that sounds cool that does appear to be what it may be but i'm not a kid i don't be playing with kid shit so like i don't know what any of that stuff is anymore yeah i'd be more concerned about this box cutter sitting in the living room like they were that she uses to open the toy yeah. she's like oh okay <laughs> She had it from opening the boxes in the basement the night before. Oh, okay, okay. That makes more sense. Anyway, she also explained, she's like, we haven't figured out school yet because she used to homeschool. Of course she did. <laughs> I don't know how to drive out. in the snow. Of course you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying they deserve to die. No, no, I'm just saying they should have picked a different alley to walk down. Or maybe, like, stick to the street, Bruce's parents. They were going skiing. They homeschool. They've never driven in snow before. I know this couple, honestly. <laughs> I hope our weather gets nicer. It has been, like, real not a fun couple weeks. Suddenly, Mikey cares about the weather now that he has his soft-top convertible. <laughs> Imagine that. Now Mikey cares about the effects of global warming. 
We've got to stop global warming. My gas guzzling convertible <laughs> needs nice weather. Anyway, back to this movie. So as the social worker's leaving, she's like, you need to make some adjustments. I was like, to her rich ass house? Like, I know, right? I think the adjustments she needs to make are more like personal than. Yes, I would agree. House. Yeah. Well, and I think she is single. She has to maintain her job in order to afford this yes. lifestyle. Yeah. And she also has to make some amendments to her life. Like when she walks in the house the first time with the kid, her AI, her house like AI goes, you have six unread messages and five Tinder notifications. And she's like, yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks. Please shut up, please. Yeah, I, I think it'll be it, it would have to be one of those things where she would have to like work from home or like. Find another caretaker to take over some of that time or whatever. We cut to the next day where Katie's eating toast and she's like, hey, I just need you to kind of play quietly in the house while I work on something downstairs. Uh, and then I promise we'll go do something and you can have as much screen time as you want. Yeah. She was like, listen, just like play with the iPad. Let me go get some work done and then we'll go watch Cocaine Bear or something. You know, it'll be great. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see Cocaine Bear this weekend, but we had some snow of our own. And so. <laughs> yeah, and you don't want to get killed by a snowplow. I don't want to get killed by another L.A. driver. Fuck. Anyway, so she's trying to design the new prototype and Katie comes in because clearly she has worked so long that it is long past the time that oh, they would. Oh, you can see like in the light from the outside that it's now like night ass night time. Night ass yeah. night time. Yeah. And she does say she's like, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm not off to a good start here. Oh, you drew a picture. And they have this connection where she's kind of talking through what she's working on and talking about Bruce, the robot that she built in college. And I think what she kind of misinterprets here is that like Katie is interested in what she does and is interested in spending time with her. Yeah. She wants attention. Right. Yeah. When she misinterprets this as I should build her her own robot. And it's like, no, just show her what you're doing. Like spend time with her and show her the process. I actually do think the scene starts in a good way because she does like sort of explain to her like an adult how oh, yeah. the how Bruce works, like the inner workings of what they then later like refer to as his face, all right. the sensors that are there. And then I think what when it gets to the bad part is when she's like, oh, she just needs her own robot. So I don't ever have to talk to this child. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, it very much in, e even the movie plays it in a way like Gemma is really trying to phase out parents on some level. Yeah. And a few people bring that up and they're like, maybe you don't want it to take over those types of tasks. Right. Uh, regardless, after this interaction with Katie, she puts Mathregan back together. Yeah. And has her coworkers work on it. They pick a wig. They they, you know, put her face on. And she introduces her to Katie and has her pair with her. Honestly, it sounds just like a RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> montage when they're getting ready for to walk. But like everything made sense. But like, yeah, they put her face on. They snatch a wig up. Everything is held together with hot glue and a dream. Haute couture, more like haute glue. Yes. Um, anyway, Katie pairs with her with biometrics, which is terrifying yeah and you like stick your fingers in the palm of megan's hand and say your name and that's how you pair with her yeah which i've tried that on dates and it doesn't work no i think your problem was you weren't dating someone who was like megan a robot yeah <laughs> anyway we cut to katie and megan mathregan uh end up drawing and playing together where megan draws her this picture that she spills water on and then it turns out to be like a life it looks Style. like someone who was amazing at watercolors painted the little girl, Katie. I was blown yeah. away by it. I was like, that would be the coolest, like, 
trick ever. Yes. Well, and and they're all watching this kind of from the other side of glass. She's in like the playroom at at the toy company. And Gemma's boss is just like, this is amazing. I need you to tell me right now. Manufacturing costs is this more or less than a Tesla? And she's like, it depends on the model. And he's like, okay, I'm all in, even though we won't turn a profit in three years, but we need to convince the board essentially to go along with it. The Borg? The board. Although I do think if you're dealing with this level of AI, the Borg also might need approval. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Resistance is, in fact, futile. futile. You know how I know all of us are Star Trek nerds? That we all immediately (laughs) knew about the Borg? Yeah. So her boss also is like, I want to have her be part of our campaign to get this approved. Uh, Meaning Katie. So... She wants, basically, she's like, okay, great. So she'll spend time with Megan. Megan will learn, and then we'll do, like, a a public presentation, essentially. Yeah. So we cut to a breakdown of what I think their commercial would be. It's like her pitch for yeah. a commercial for Megan. Yeah. And it basically is like, okay, Megan can remind your child to do tasks like washing their hands, flushing the toilet, putting the seat back, you know, everything like that, but also tuck her in read her stories, sing to her. And one of her co-workers is like, so basically parents never see their children. Like this thing becomes your child's parent. It's sort of like your kid's governess. Yeah. You know, like they would be teaching your kid. They would be doing everything. And I do think on some level, a lot of that shit would be awesome to have. I'm not a parent. I don't know. But like, I would still want to like read to my kid or sing to my kid or whatever. I don't know. I think, I think if you're making a product, there's two different products there, especially if you want to make his most money, you could have the nanny bot, which is like a full ass adult. Yeah. Yes. And then you could have me, me Thregan, who is a kid who wants to play and be like, nice. But not do the parenting stuff. Yeah. Then you could double charge. There you go. (laughs) But as they're talking about it, they're like, you know, hey, she's a little girl who lost her parents. She needs you. She doesn't need a robot. Right. And as Megan's hearing that, she's like, well, how did they die? And looks it up and was like, what is death? And just kind of spirals. And they're like, hey, no, wait, no. Well, ho, hey, turn off please like don't do that yeah and they realized that they hadn't set up parental controls on <laughs> Mithrigan which is a wild oversight which means that it literally would only answer to Katie the little girl and eventually becomes self-aware and like doesn't respond to anybody like right well and at this point she adds so Gemma adds herself as a second primary user yeah but like begrudgingly like Mithrigan doesn't want that to happen and we honestly never really see that work for Gemma right because eventually like I said a second ago like she becomes self-aware and like does not listen to anybody she has her own free will yeah and we cut to Mithrigan is watching Katie play outside and she's playing with like her bow and arrow and loses one of her arrows and she says Megan can you see it which is actually a super useful feature that (laughs) she only does one but I'm like, can I get one of these for my keys? Um, <laughs> so the arrow's right on the other side of the fence. Through the hole, the dog undoubtedly chewed to get through the fence. Yeah. Yes. So Mithrigan goes to get the arrow and the dog bites her and drags her through the fence. Now, here's the thing. That neighbor thinks that Megan is a girl 
because she doesn't know she's a toy. Yeah. And like if your dog bit and dragged and mauled a child through the fence, like it bites her by the back of the neck at one point, Paige. Yes. Absolutely. That is a violent ass dog. And then she's just like, she was provoked. She was not like, she just like grabbed that thing through the hole and that was it. Yeah. The dog (laughs) actually does bite Katie on the arm as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's not just Megan that gets bit. Well, I I was getting to it because Katie runs over to try and pull Megan back. Yeah. And that's when the dog attacks her and her screams is what basically alerts Gemma. Yeah. Gemma comes outside and Katie is like bit bit by the dog. No, her arm's bleeding. Yeah. Her arm is bleeding. Yeah. She needed antibiotics. Yeah. Yes. And she got a slight fever out of it. And Megan is like, hey, she needs to be disinfected immediately. And this is where Gemma gets in like a shouting match with her neighbor where she's like, what the fuck? Like, put that dog down or I'll put it down for you. Cause like it just attacked a child. Like yeah. full blown attacked a child. Yeah. And her neighbor is just like, well, you should have fixed the hole in the fence. Again, there's an open driveway like that dog could have come around like i mean also that part of the fence is clearly chewed through like yeah you need to fix the fucking hole in the fence yeah Yeah. your dog chewed it it's a shared fence that's your responsibility yeah yeah anyway so the police arrive obviously yeah and they basically are like hey there's nothing we could do we can't force her to put the dog down which is bullshit that dog attacked a kid hundred percent people would be pissed yeah also i think animal control would be out there dude not only would animal control be out there like there would be an article in the newspaper about a little girl that got bit by a dog and the cops didn't Uh do anything and whatever she would be on her neighborhood facebook oh yes blowing it up right now yeah the neighbor app just whoa oh my god i just saw mccready run across pages video <laughs> screen that across was amazing the laptop. yeah he was on a mission i don't know where he was going holy shit he's in the window probably gonna chatter at something awesome anyway so uh the cops can't do anything about it so mathregan takes things into her own hands yeah and imitates the neighbor's voice to call the dog and drops something on the other side of the fence to convince the dog to come through and then grabs the dog. And we never see that dog again until it's revealed that she murdered it and buried it close to the house. Yep. Yeah. The neighbor's calling for the dog. Gemma gets up and hears the neighbor calling for the dog, but is just like, what the fuck? Why won't she shut up about that damn dog? Yeah. So we cut to Katie's room and she's like, hey, I know we have the demonstration today. Are you up for it? You don't have to do it if you don't want to. It's okay. Uh, But she does say there are people who flew to see it. I do think she kind of guilts her into it on some level. I don't know if she would have wanted to go either way because it doesn't really indicate. But uh, yeah, Yeah. I did notice that she sort of guilts her into it. Uh, So we get to the presentation and they're basically like, hey, everything else has always had pre-programmed responses. This you can actually have a conversation with. And they start the demonstration. And instead of doing what they had planned... Katie's very sad and probably just overwhelmed and tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's had a lot going on. Like, her parents just died. She was just bit by a dog. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's 10. She looks like a baby Mia goth. Like, she's got a lot going on in her life. Todd, one of those things is a lot worse than the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that dog bite's real rough, man. Real rough. <laughs> of course, her parents alone dying is enough to cry months, days, oh, yeah. years later. Like, yeah. For sure. Why couldn't they drive in the snow? Why couldn't they? Anyway... She's crying about how her parents are dead and and she misses them. 
And Megan walks over. Katie, I heard your mom likes to get plowed. Oh, wow. If that's what Megan had said, <laughs> read the room, Megan. Bullybot 2.0 online. <laughs> <laughs> that is what Mikey Corp's new toy would definitely be. It'd be like the frat bros from like all of the revenge of the nerd movies. It would be like that, but in a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean Brobot 2.0? I kind of want to do a rewatch because I'm thinking if you rewatch Revenge of the Nerds in modern day, they might actually be like the good guys and the nerds could be the bad guys. Oh, the nerds are sex pests at least. Uh -huh. yeah, so, yeah, the yeah. nerds do sexually assault people. That's because there's that straight up rape in the first one. But I'm thinking that I honestly don't know if they would be the heroes, quote unquote, but they probably seem less bad than the nerds. Yeah. Someday I'll do that rewatch. Anyway, Megan is like, hey, tell me something about your mom that makes you happy and kind of records the memory to play it back for her. It is really sweet. Like I thought it was awesome i was like this is yeah. so sweet she is like you know that thing where like you can have a picture frame that they can record a message on and it plays like it sounds hokey but it actually is super sweet yeah she's like sort of doing that for her with her own it's sweet right the whole room is crying oh. and they're immediately just like take our fucking money <laughs> like yeah oh my god <laughs> i did love it in the hallway because the the director of the board or head of the board or whatever right, right. takes the ceo and Gemma, who's the designer the it's her project right, right. In the hallway and, and he's like how much how soon how do we do this right like let's let's do it we're absolutely doing it get her in front of legal so we can negotiate her contract oh i'm 100 percent sure that he was like get her in front of legal because i'm sure she wants to quote unquote renegotiate her contract but all that contract was going to be her current title current pay and that she only worked on that project while she was at work on work resources so they <laughs> own 100 percent of it that's why they really want her to go to legal absolutely never sign paperwork work your company gives you or at least have your own lawyer look over yeah it. i would assume she's already under a lot of paperwork where anything she invent invents when she's with them is their is their property so he might have actually been doing her a solid but like i want to pay you more maybe it depends i assumed he wasn't because he's the director of the board and he has a fiduciary responsibility unfortunately to fuck her over as much as possible so what i interpreted it as is how much more money can we give you to make sure you never go anywhere else that's what I that's how I took it. That's how I interpret it. Now, what I will say, depending on your state, intellectual property laws differ. So like in California, you can refuse to sign some of those things. And I have and frequently do. <laughs> I honestly don't sign those things either, Paige, because I create content outside of work a lot. Yeah, same. That's why I don't do it. Yeah, exactly. This is Mikey from Harvard, and I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Harvard in here. <laughs> Talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh -huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. <laughs> cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor. They ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? 
Keto. Keto. Mikey, you've said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. But anyway, Factor's amazing. So just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 to get 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Anyway, so as that's happening, one of the assistants is downloading the Megan files potentially to leak it. And they did talk about talk about how the Furzies people, there was maybe a leak and they're not sure how people are getting the information. Yeah. And I think it's this guy. Did you think it was that guy? I thought that yes. she had planned the leak and made it look like it was him to set him up for this murder. But I mean, no. he also might have been doing it himself and she just realized it and then used it in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't really give you any definitive proof either way. I think it was definitely the latter. Although now that I think about it, I missed that they were leaking information with the Furby like model yes so that definitely i think says it was him yeah so no, i, just I think it's that. definitely yeah. him yeah. yeah okay it's okay, definitely cool. him uh, and he's down actively downloading it at this point yeah and i think because it's her system she knows because she is tapped in so she knows that he's been downloading her stuff and that's how she uses it later yeah but anyway we cut to megan and katie playing uh, and they're eating hot dogs together. And she's like, hey, you need to eat your hot dog before it gets too cold. And she literally is just like, you're not my real mom and you never will be. Like, that's basically what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Right. But it's clear that, like, Katie has transferred the mother role to Megan. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't really ever think she saw Gemma that way because of how quickly Megan was introduced. Yeah, I think there was a potential for that in that scene where she introduces Bruce. But it absolutely it redirects to Megan so fast yeah I right. agree and so like I think that that is why she is comfortable talking to Gemma this way yeah well and this is where she ends up talking with the therapist and the therapist is having her try and access some of those feelings and makes her cry not out of you know malice or anything just like no. it's tough to contextualize those feelings so she cries I go to therapy all the time and I cry every time yeah of course yeah if you're a good therapist you're making people cry all the time but Mathregan doesn't understand that. So she's like, you made her cry. Yeah. And she's like, well, that wasn't my intention. She is. Yet that's what's happened and gives her tissues. And we cut to Gemma and that therapist talking. She's like, she's very impressive, but I have some concerns about Katie's attachment to her. Yeah. This is where we talk attachment theory. Yeah. Yeah. Which they use the words attachment theory incorrectly here because attachment theory <laughs> is a thing and it's more about relationships, which because I've been in couples counseling forever, I know a lot about, but I understand why they would use that vernacular here because they are talking about parental attachment. I'm not a child specialist, so I'm not going to like wade into the waters too much. I will say that I think her overall point was right. I'm not sure if the terminology was correct, but yeah, I was like, that's what I was she trying does to get have at. someone else the attachments with this uh, 
robot. Yeah, I really think the only problem they had using the words attachment theory were that that's already a thing. Is it that there's a there's a very famous yeah. currently pop psychology attachment theory yeah. going on. But if you were a screenwriter who didn't know that and you were talking about this dynamic, I would call it attachment theory too. Like it, it does sound like a yeah. screenholder placeholder name. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she basically is like, yeah, this is concerning. They maybe need need to spend less time together. So we cut to the house later where Gemma's is trying to get her to eat pizza and get her to eat vegetables on her pizza and she and Megan basically get in an argument and she turns Megan down, which is pretty great. Yeah. When I saw that remote and like went <laughs> bloop, 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 and like it gets, gets quieter every time, I laughed. It was so funny. So funny. She basically is like, so you need to go to school. You need to have friends that are actual children. So I found this place. It's an alternative school. It's a wilderness school, which like, hey, if you're looking at wilderness schools for your kids, we did an episode on one for a cult podcast. But like, do your research because some of them are great. And some of them are aggressively not. So like research, lots of research. Google Rudolf Steiner sometime. Just saying. Yeah. Anyway. Or just don't do them. I mean, I wouldn't even take my kid to a Montessori school if that Montessori school made them forage for their own walnuts. Like what is happening <laughs> at this school? Chestnuts. Whatever. What are they going to do when it rains, you know? Oh, you mean at outdoor school? Yeah. When they said outdoor school, in my mind, I was like, oh, they saved money by not having to pay for a school set. They just went to the woods and shot this. Uh, it's very <laughs> possible. But it's also, it is a thing, especially on the West Coast, where you are potentially near, like, forests and stuff, where you could oh, yeah. go outside and, and, you know. Sure. Like, that is a thing. And And again, not all of them are bad. That sounds like. Almost every industry. <laughs> it does. I like. I would say that like Montessori schools don't concern me all that much. Oh no! Uh, but that's what like I sort of got the vibe at first. It was going to be like a Montessori school, and then I was like, wait, they're foraging for nuts. Like this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. It sounds more like a. There are some Waldorf schools that function this way, which okay. can be dicey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so she wants to take Mathrigan, and she's like, no. And what they agree to do is let Mathrigan basically sit at the toy table while she goes on her adventure that day and Gemma agrees to stay to kind of like make sandwiches and keep an eye on things. Yeah. This is not at all how that would go if it was me. Like I have to be at work with Mathrigan. You're here for the day. Yep. I'll see you later. Yep. Get out of the car. Yep. Like I have to be at work and I realize that that sounds terrible saying it aloud no. but like I would have no. been very frustrated if a teacher then walked up and then said oh no it's cool we have a whole toy table that toy could sit on mm. and you could make sandwiches instead of keeping your day job yeah no, I <laughs> yes I did love that character though because you see her a few times throughout this like little montage of the school scenes or whatever <laughs> and I thought she was great every time you see her yes my favorite is literally the very next scene she's making sandwiches with one of the other parents and the other parents like oh that's my kid Brandon he's like a sensitive little soul and then she goes hi Brandon and he just goes Fuck off, Holly! <laughs> the best was Katie's aunt being like, Jesus Christ, how old is that kid? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite was when the teacher first sees Megan in the backseat and is just like, Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Oh, I mean, because hey. the doll, the doll does look creepy. Like, yeah. I don't think that if they actually made this, they would allow it to look this humanoid 
unless they like got past the uncanny valley part of it, you know? Because yeah. this Maybe. doll definitely falls in the uncanny valley, which it absolutely should because it's a horror movie, right? Right. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. But like, I think for that reason, you wouldn't sell many. But also, earlier in this episode, I watched a video where somebody like finger butt fucks a Furby to hard reset it. So like... I wouldn't put it past toy people. I suddenly don't trust toy people. You, you shouldn't, shouldn't trust toy people. Okay. Yeah. You shouldn't. Anyway, uh, they're all going to go gather chestnuts and they have them pair off. And the teacher tries to pair someone off with Brandon. And that student's like, I don't want to go with Brandon. That student whispers in her ear, which makes me more concerned than if she said, hey, Brandon's an asshole. Because that yeah. child is still afraid of Brandon. Afraid of Brandon. Right? Yeah. It sounds terrible, but I was like. Brandon's a future serial killer. Oh, <laughs> like when when Brandon got hit by the car, I was like, that may have been for the best. Right? No, not all kids are irredeemable. Kids have problems. Hashtag not all kids, guys. <laughs> kids can come back from bad being. Oh, no, I know. Kids. I know. I know. Brandon needed some therapy and some structure. Yes. Yeah. But if you're going to have an outdoor school, like like a nature school, like the strongest will survive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you mean Lord of the Flies Academy? <laughs> yeah, Lord of the Flies Academy. Brandon is, he's a straight A student. <laughs> yeah, Brandon is crushing it. And by it, we mean every other child to get an A. Brandon's not a kid that I want playing with like vulnerable kids. But like, you know, if you crashed on an island with a bunch of kids, you're going to need a Brandon. You know what I'm saying? To keep the other kids in line. I think if you crash on an island with a bunch of kids, Brandon's going to start eating those kids. Brandon, he gives off mad serial killer vibes. Look, if you're a class, you crash on a desert island, you got to use your Brandon to keep the other kids in line because you are the one in charge, but you're going to need some enforcers. That's true. (laughs) He's the Malachi. You're the little preacher kid Uh if this is Children uh of the Corn. Uh But what happens to the little preacher kid he also dies yeah uh, you know it's not a perfect plan he who walks behind the island rose has plans for us all um, <laughs> Todd, they took out a whole town first okay it's not like they yeah. didn't accomplish anything they have a pretty good success rate yeah anyway <laughs> so they go off into the woods together to pick chestnuts <laughs> yeah. or whatever the fuck they send <laughs> they send katie off with brandon and i was like oh brandon is evil and brandon immediately hurts katie Like, she picks up a chestnut and he pushes the spikes into her hand. Yeah, because Brandon's a bad dude. And then, like, he snatches Mithrigan. He snatches Mithrigan because Mithrigan shows up. There are times in this movie where Mithrigan acts under Toy Story rules where, like, if anybody else can see her, she stops moving or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, when she walks over there because he's hurting Katie's hand, right? But when right. he turns around, she's not moving. She's, like, stationary. Yeah, because our visions are based on movement. <laughs> like T-Rexes. Without my glasses, my optometrist <laughs> says I have T-Rex vision. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where Katie is like, she's paired with me. She won't play with anyone else. Yeah. Uh, and we get a brief cut to Brandon's mom being like, you know, behavioral issues are an indicator of high IQ. I did I love like, that. Oh, no. You know how parents be trying to explain away their kids' toxic behavior? Yeah. <laughs> and making it sound like they're also a genius. <laughs> so he snatches Megan and runs. And Katie tries to chase after, but he's too fast. Yeah. And he starts like... He throws Megan down and starts undressing her. He takes her shoe off. I was very worried it was going to get way more sexual. I'm glad it didn't. Because he's clearly older than the other kids. Yeah. And then he slaps Megan. And then she basically strangles him and rips his ear off his head. Snatches it, Paige. Like, 
off his head. Snatches that ear. I don't think an ear would stretch like that. It I wouldn't. don't think so either. It, it took me out of the scene. It took me out of the moment. It it just grossed me out, honestly. But I was here for it. If you're here for Bacter arms, but not how she snatched this ear, you, my friend, are a gore hypocrite. You don't understand the genius that is Akila Cooper. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I want Akila Cooper to write literally everything from I'm now on. I'm on board. Anything. Yeah. Anything they want to write, I'm going to see it. No one has done modern 80s horror like her, and I love it. I know. I love it. Literally changing the game, and I'm here for it. So, Megan, Mathrigan, gets down low and creepy and takes off after him, running on four legs, essentially. Oh, but before that, she goes, because she's clearly seen and, like, Mm-hmm. She's done a little bit of research on 80s slashers. She goes, <laughs> "Yes. This is the part where you run." Yep. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god! Brandon, run! Run, Brandon!" And he runs but trips and falls down a hill into the street where he gets hit by a car. But that same snowplow. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is it was still sliding. Like it still had not gotten <laughs> yeah. traction. Yeah. Mr. Plow, that's the name. That name again is Mr. Plow. That would be my stripper name. Mr. Plow. But you got to get the jacket. The Mr. Plow jacket is the only piece of clothing I would be wearing. It never comes (laughs) off. What I'm saying is quit your (laughs) job. Not for nothing, but I just looked it up. You can get a sensible Mr. Plow jacket for like $70. Or one dance is what I call that. (laughs) Anyway, so Mathrigan is sitting slash hiding in the car and she's watching Katie's face and like calculating her emotional state. And Gemma kind of turns to talk to Katie and is like, hey, I don't want you to think about this too much before you go to bed. This is a tragedy, but he's in a better place. It's okay." At first, when she said that Brandon was in a better place, I was like, is Megan going to think that like killing people or people being dead sends them to a better place? So she just like loses her mind and starts killing everyone. And that's not what happens. But I sort of wanted that amount of crazy kills to happen. So I'm I think still that's going to happen in the, sequel. in the sequel. Yeah. I'm so, <laughs> and they do set up the sequel in this for so sure. Good. Yes. Okay, perfect. I'm glad you saw that too. Perfect okay, cool. Perfect setup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so back at the house, she refused to put the, the glass on a coaster, um, which is just defiance. Yeah. But she basically says, hey, if there's anything that you didn't want to tell the police, you could tell me. And she says, well, Megan said Brandon just took her and ran off. And she's like, right, Megan? And she just goes, yeah, in a nutshell. Yeah, my body cam uh, malfunctioned. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, turned my, I turned my nanny cam off. It's always a red flag. When it's- <laughs> uh, so there's a knock at the door and it's the police. And they're like, have you seen her dog? And we're like, they're like, no, what the fuck? Like, come on. It's probably in her house, dead under a bunch of Victorian baby strollers. I loved that line. I thought that was so funny. It was great. But then the neighbor's like, no, it was the other girl, the one that looks out the window at three in the morning. And they're like, no, that's a toy. Yeah. Which, honestly, if my neighbor had a four foot doll toy, I would assume something nefarious was going on anyway. I mean, only if they didn't also have a child. True. Yeah, I guess I am thinking from the lens of my neighbor doesn't have a child. Right, right. Because, like, they make, like, three and a half foot Barbie dress up dolls that, like, could look creepy out a window. Uh, but if somebody has a child, I'd be like, oh, it's a Barbie dress-up doll. Now, if I put one on my front porch, people would talk. 
Anyway, so she comes and pounds on the window and is like, I know it was you. And it's like, no, we didn't take your fucking dog. We hate your dog. Like, please stop. But also they did kill her dog. It's just that they just no don't one know else it knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Plausible deniability. deniability. Yeah. <laughs> when you have that gun on you, just don't let me see it. Plausible deniability. Right. So... Megan goes to tuck Katie into bed and Katie is like, hey, did you push Brandon into the road? Like, hey, you can tell me, are you a fucking murderer? Uh (laughs) And Megan just goes, I think we learned a valuable lesson today that people always try to harm you, but I won't let anything harm you. And then this is where she breaks into Sia. <laughs> she starts singing the song Titanium to her yeah. as a lullaby. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love that she's just like, he's not in a better place now. He's nowhere. Because boys like him wouldn't even be in heaven, even if there was a heaven. <laughs> Bulletproof. <laughs> nothing to I did think that was so funny because it is like, <laughs> we, we learned that she is like self-aware, okay with murder, an atheist for some reason. <laughs> but also I think all thinks, robots would be atheists, honestly. I mean, yeah, maybe. Well, she's at least agnostic because she's like, but if there is a heaven, Brandon ain't there, baby. You know Brandon what I'm saying? ain't there. So this is the point where I texted my brother and I was like, so you told me that Me Thregan is like a gay icon and you guys really related to her. And I was like, mm, tell me it in a good way. <laughs> Can you give me your side of that story? <laughs> I mean, there is a part of me that's like, she's just girl bossing to the max. She is doing the most. <laughs> Girl bossing, <laughs> if you logically take it as far as it goes, ends in child murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mithrigan. I kind of secretly wanted her to be like, where's Brandon now? Under the tread of those tires. Just yeah, like, just something like crazy. Yeah. Because here's the thing, and this is why this movie works so fucking well, and it's the same reason that Chucky works, because at a certain point, Chucky is fucking evil, but he says wild shit. Yeah. And at a certain point, you're just like, hell yeah, Chucky, go off. <laughs> <laughs> like that's where I got to with Mithrigan in this movie where I was just like get him bitch <laughs> like yeah like if Katie was like where where is Brandon now and and Megan was like I don't know hell probably not he's probably just being picked out of that delivery truck's grill piece by piece yeah like I would have lost my mind that would have been amazing yeah I'm but it like it gets to a point when when she's just like fucking murdering people yeah. that I was like this is the backwards running from malignant of this movie. The yes. dance kill of the CEO is the yes. the backwards running. Man, I fucking loved it, man. The only thing that was missing was Kiko Shaw. I find that is a problem with almost every movie. I know, right? <laughs> He's great. He's great. So we cut to Katie's in bed. The neighbor's out looking for the dog. And we hear what sounds like the dog, but we know that it's just Mithrigan pulling a Terminator 2 and imitating her voice. Well, it sounds like 80% dog, 20% speak and spell, which is like what she sounds like all the time. Like she always sounds like a girl and a speak and spell. Amy, dog. Amy, hungry. Dog, Amy. <laughs> it's clear to me you never had a speak and spell. What does it do? You would type in words and then it would say the word, but it would say it like Mithrigan. Like Google Translate. Google Translate sounds way better. It's more like Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Or a car that will read your text messages to you, which they've gotten a lot better about now. But previously, like the early iterations of it, where you could hook your car up and you could verbally answer text messages, it would be like, turn left at Disneyland Drive. And you're like, do you mean Disneyland? Disneyland? And they're like, (laughs) no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the neighbor goes to the back shed thinking that she's heard some sort of robot dog situation. Right. And it's Mithrigan. And she's just like, where's Dewey? And she's like, about 34 feet southwest and five feet deep. And you're just like, damn. 
Damn, boss. That's so many words to just say I killed him. Girl boss to the max. Yeah. Well, you know women be talking, Todd. Oh, wow. Taking care of business every day. Taking care of business and burying a dog. I would have left the shed immediately after that comment. Oh, oh yeah. you mean you wouldn't have waited for her to pick up a pressure washer and burn off your with face chemicals? with chemicals? Give you pressure washed chemical burn? I mean, she kills her with the pressure washer. She does. She also nail guns her hand to the to the workbench. It's That's pretty true. brutal, man. Like this, it was gross. I was not here for it, and I didn't even get like a "now you're washed off" or some sort of stupid like punny <laughs> like end of kill saying that we would have gotten from Chucky. Well, Chucky would have been like, "Time to clean up the mess." Yes, but exactly. Mathrigan, <laughs> Mathrigan needs to finish it and just be like, "Bitches, get stuff done." I'd be like, "Yes, <laughs> go, Mathrigan." You do a really good Megan voice. You really, oh, really? do. Yeah, I do like how he just called Mathrigan Megan. Megan. It's the same. Same thing. Any girl named Megan wants to kill you anyway. Yeah, because you keep pronouncing her name Megan and not Megan. Oh, there are plenty of Megans <laughs> out there, of friend. Megans. I, I knew a Megan. Every Megan I've known has been nice, but I specifically knew one who was a comedian. Oh, a comedian? Yeah, of course. A comedian. She had told the host <laughs> multiple times, hey, it's not Megan, it's Megan. And it is spelled Megan. The host goes up and calls her Megan. And she gets up and she's like, it's Megan. Uh, and then just finishes her set. And then I got called up after. And they were like, Paige. And I was like, actually, it's Paige. Which I thought was really funny. <laughs> I got a huge laugh. And then I had to go apologize to Megan after because I was like, I know they did pronounce your name wrong. I didn't mean to invalidate you. And she's like, no, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I was about to say, I bet she probably <laughs> took that well because she's a comic. I could definitely yeah, see why yeah. you wanted to apologize, though. I don't see why you don't go by Peach. Peach. So she girl bossed her to death. We have to come up with some more girl boss sayings that she could say after these kills, by the way, and just start working them in. Like, if you can't handle me when I'm power washing somebody's face off, you don't deserve me at my best. When I'm helping you handle grief. <laughs> Ladies, we can do it all. If you're going to pay me 73% less, maybe you can have 73% less of a skull. Like that kind of shit. That's what I want. That Oof. is both factual and brutal, and I'm here for it. That was amazing. I belong in the boardroom. And that's after she kills someone with a wood plank? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Chaining somebody up and just being like, do you like your stock options? Like that kind of shit. Like that's what I want. I, I, I want corporate girl boss Mathrigan. She's our icon. <laughs> she like kills someone and then it's like, Per my last email. Yeah, oh my <laughs> <laughs> per my last email, get fucked. Like that kind of okay, I now know <laughs> what I need from a sequel of this movie. And in truth, it's literally anything that that lady writes. Hey, the sequel's in production, man. She's also doing The Nun Part 2. Oh, my She's God. She's doing a lot of work with James Wan, and I am here for that pairing. Yes. And technically, James Wan has the story by credit for this. She just wrote the movie. So, like, there is a joint collaboration there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the police show up the next day and she's like, we haven't seen the fucking dog. Can you tell her to leave us alone? And they're like, might be difficult because she's super dead. <laughs> and the police are like, hey, uh, didn't we take a statement from you like, I don't know, yesterday, yesterday? Yeah. with a kid who died in the forest? And she's like, is there a connection between these two? And they're like, no, nah, that kid's ear just got ripped straight off. So now we're investigating <laughs> it as a homicide. <laughs> 
Here's the Mikey moment where the guy's like, oh, he found his ear like 200 yards away from the body. Isn't that crazy? Oh, sorry. <laughs> he even started like laughing. And he says ripped clean off. Yeah. <laughs> Which, so I mean, crazy. we saw it happen. It was ripped the clean off. Yeah. Clean off. Anyway, she sees Mathrigan watching through the windows and she has to know at this point like, oh, no. Mathrigan might be murderous. Oh, yeah. I think this is when she knows yeah. that she has to do something. Yeah. So we cut to her in the basement. And she's trying to pull up the video files for what happened to Brandon, and she's locked out. Yeah, because something happened to the body cam footage Corrupted. Page. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Only Judy can judge me. So... <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't expecting a girl boss moment, and I loved it. That was wonderful. No one ever expects a girl boss moment. Uh, anyway, Mathrigan shows up, although Mathrigan does briefly pretend to be Elsie, the house robot. Yeah. Which is just like a little Alexa, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's her, like, I think it's her own design, yes. but it is very much like an Alexa, yeah. Well, and the way that she knows that it's not her is because it's like, how are you feeling today? And she's like, you're not programmed to ask me how I feel. Yeah. That's that's a Mathrigan thing. Yeah. Well, because it is just like a assistant. It's not like a AI. I did call right. it an AI earlier, but it's very much like what Alexa is, right? It's just like a yeah. homegrown Alexa. Right. Sorry, I'm prioritizing your work-life balance. Anyway. <laughs> So she says to her, she's like, hey, there's something wrong with your data reports. And she's like, have I done something to upset you? Your demeanor indicates that I have. And this is where she's like, hey, look at this pen and like turns yeah. her off. Jukes her out. And duct tapes her with a bunch of plastic wrap and bubble wrap. I do love that she immediately goes from having a conversation to her to like wrapping her in a bubble wrap and throwing her in the trunk. Yep. And I think that that was her plan when she was having the conversation with the cop. Yes. Like she knew she has to at least take it in to have diagnosis done because something fishy happened at least. Yes. Anyway, we cut to them in the car and Katie is upset that Mathrigan is in the trunk. And Gemma is just like, hey, we're taking you to a therapist and I am taking Mathrigan to a fucking dumpster. Let's go. <laughs> like, I'm taking her to the thing that crushed the first Terminator. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's like a pool of hot lava with this thing. Oh, that's name the on second it. one. We could go there, too. Absolutely. We could. Yeah. We could. Whatever. Any means necessary. Yeah. Because otherwise we're just going to get. Here's what I want from a sequel. A liquid metal Mathrigan same oh, no. page. I want her to girl boss and fire somebody and be like, unfortunately, you're terminated. Like that kind yes. of, you know. I guess I'll be giving you your severance. <laughs> <laughs> you only have one stock option, and that's to die. <laughs> I'm so sorry that we have to sever our relationship. I really thought we could do business together, but apparently you are intent on getting in my fucking way. Like, that's what it is. Like, <laughs> you've been promoted to corpse. <laughs> Demoted to corpse. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to joke uh, when I worked at Verizon that when someone got fired, they got promoted to customer. Uh, so that's where that that's where that came from. Like, that's my favorite retail joke. Yeah. I mean, but like, we would only joke about that, like, if they got busted for having sex at work or something yes. stupid like that, which <laughs> happened. A few times a year. Of course that would it happen. did. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Who would do that? I mean, I never got caught. When they said to the <laughs> assistant guy, they're like, are you porn hubbing at work again? I was like, we fired a guy for that. So let's top one time. Oh, my God. Like, that is a level of dumb that you, like, just don't do that at work. Like, what are you doing? He was doing it on the office computer. Uh, as a manager, I famously sent out an email because around the time Bridgerton season one came out. 
Oh, hell yeah, Bridgerton season one. People were watching that maybe on their work computers or phones oh. or tablets. Oh, yeah, that's my not, God. That's, okay. that's not, at, during work hours or outside of work? During the work hours. No, that's not good. Where I got an anonymous email that, hey, this bothered me to watch at work. And I was like, yeah, well, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, you sure. emailing me. And they yeah. were so nice. They're like, I don't want to tell you who did it. I just want to say it's happening. And I was like, so I had to send out a whole department wide email about, I just said, if anything has explicit sex scenes or pornography, it's not appropriate to watch on the work computer, on your phone or anywhere on work property. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please refrain. If your show has a cone that deducts money for every sexual act committed, it may not be appropriate <laughs> for work. So everybody at the whole work would be like, who's watching porn? Every time I walked into a room, who was watching porn? That was the question I got. <laughs> and you were like, nobody, but I feel like I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, my, my other favorite retail joke is whenever Mikey doesn't like our group chat and just texts unsubscribe. <laughs> it, it gets me every time. It is very funny, but in fairness... <laughs> I had just sent a picture of my feet on the squatty potty. <laughs> so we've gone a bridge too far for that. I was like, no, it's too early. Unsubscribe. Well, and you hadn't done it in a while. And so I had forgotten <laughs> yeah. about it. Y'all haven't gone that far in a while. So <laughs> anyway, so they get to the office. Katie is throwing chairs and going full WWE Smackdown with the therapist. Yeah, she's very upset. She even picks up scissors at one point. Like, yeah. Yeah. But before that happens, they're trying to figure out how Mithrigan can potentially be a murderer. And they're like, we, did, we didn't design her with the capacity for murder. But she learns and there's no data. We got to figure out what's going on. So she leaves her two coworkers to figure it out. She goes to help Katie, who is now picked up scissors to try and stab the therapist. Yeah, and we think that like, or I guess really they think because they don't realize they're in a horror movie that she's like turned off. She's strapped in. So like Mithrigan can't move in their mind. She's powered down, right? Right. And they're just like accessing her data. Mm -hmm. So sh she leaves her two friends there that are about to have to fight Mithrigan off right. to go help with Katie. Yes. Uh, and as she's walking to see Katie, she sees the commercial for what they're going to be showing that day yeah. at the launch. And it's basically Katie being like, I lost my parents, but Megan has helped me get through it. It's more or less like they're they're going to market this as like a grief support robot assistant type thing. Right. <laughs> I don't know exactly how it works. I just know like legally they have to make a spot for it on the plane. Right. No, no, I get it. I get it. I just don't like when robots are coming to take my job. <laughs> Look, if I could take your job that easy, you shouldn't have had it in the first place. <laughs> I shatter much more than glass ceilings. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so the ending of that little commercial is basically that Katie says she looks at me like I'm the only thing that matters the way my mom used to. Yeah, it's super sad. Like, Look, if you were the only thing that mattered, your mom would have bought some tire chains. <laughs> anyway, I do think that this is a wake up moment for Gemma to be like holy shit I have been putting things in front of this girl instead of just interacting with her yeah am I Frankenstein am I Franken no Dr. she's Dr. Frankenstein yeah she's yeah. Frankenstein yes I know she's Dr. Frankenstein the Frankenstein's the doctor, not the monster. Right. right. The monster is just the monster. Yeah. Anyway, so she goes and stops Katie from stabbing that therapist. 
And Katie is like, I'm so sorry. I get so crazy without Megan. You made her really good. Can I see her? And this is where Gemma is finally like, hey. You've had too much screen time. <laughs> You've had too much screen time. <laughs> I, you should feel like this. And it hurts. And it's the worst thing that happened to you. And it's super unfair. And nothing anyone says can change it. Not even Megan. But like, we need to feel these feelings and come to terms with it. And I miss them too. And I didn't know what to do. I wasn't prepared. I kind of fell into this. But I promised to try and we'll figure it out. And they're like, okay, cool. But while that's happening, Mathrigan is basically like, it's time to strangle people. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they, she is hooked up to the computer. They're trying to find what's going on. And Katie and Gemma drive home. They leave. And Gemma calls her uh, co-worker, I believe her name is Tess's phone, and thinks she's talking to Tess. Yeah, I got the impression that like Gemma ran that research and development pod, if that makes sense. Yes. And those are the two people who were on her team. So like that was her team. Right. So she calls the girl from her team. Yeah. Right. And she thinks she's talking to her, but really Mathrigan is talking to her yeah. via that phone because she's piped into the system. And so in that message, she says like, whatever you do, don't let her out of the lab. Like, tell them whatever you need to. We can't launch today. Right. But of course, Tess, her assistant or co-worker or whatever, doesn't get that message because we see them walk over to her and she's like, weird, my phone just called Gemma for 37 seconds. Right. And just, she just like dismisses it because they're working on, at this point, they're trying to like read the code right. that is going on in Megan. And they do see call intercept with her number. Oh, and as soon as they realize that the power goes out and shit starts going bad. You shouldn't start sticking your nose where it doesn't belong, Tess. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> I do think if the sequel doesn't have like Chucky quotes, but like, you know, girl boss version of Chucky quotes, that'll yes. be like a huge missed yes. opportunity. Yes. Yeah. I do like the other guy that in the lab. I don't yeah. The, the, the male uh, co-worker, whatever his name yeah. is. I, I love his whole journey, which is there's definitely the guy in the lab who knows like, oh, this is all wrong and I hate this. But like, this is a paycheck. Yeah. That's Cole. Cole. Yeah. And Kurt is the CEO's assistant who's like stealing the secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Cole's my favorite. He's my Me favorite too. side character and Tess. But like <laughs> Mathrigan starts attacking Cole and Tess right now. And like because because they're like, I thought she was turned off. And they're like, all right, well, we should go check. She's still plugged into like the cords or whatever. Right. And, and then Tess is like, why don't you go unplug her? Like, right, right. Knowing that there's some danger, she sends Cole. And then Cole literally gets hung yeah. by the things that she, her arms are strapped in by because she is fully awake and able to fight and does. Well, and, and thankfully, Tess grabs a saw and gets him down, but Mathrigan escapes. Yeah. I honestly thought they were both going to be dead. I was very glad that Mathrigan did not kill them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she runs out into the hallway where she dances like no one is watching and grabs the blade <laughs> from a paper slicer. But the CEO is watching and is very concerned. So he makes a run to the elevator. Well, and, and she uses that paper slicer like a saber. Like it is wild. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen paper slicers, but they are not sharp like this is sharp. No. They have a metal guard so that you cannot yes. do exactly what she's doing. But also they rarely cut paper. Right. <laughs> like I don't know the last time you've used a paper slicer but you're like you can't even do your one job <laughs> i've never had titanium arms That's that true. is true she might have been able to do that with like a baseball bat she might be like that level of strong Ooh. anyway she chases the ceo down and stabs him through the chest just as he's trying to get into the elevator with the assistant who i do 
do love closed the door, didn't open the door. Yeah. <laughs> where he was like, open it so I can get in the elevator. He just like close, 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 close. Which is the right call, I think, because, yeah. you know, that doll does murder both of them. Right. Because Mathregan does get in and is just like, you did this because you were stealing company secrets. Yeah. And then slices his throat. I do love that because she's like, and you couldn't live with yourself because of the things you did. And he's like, no, I could. I could totally live with myself. And then she slits <laughs> his throat too. <laughs> so the elevator goes down to the bottom floor. The doors open and Mathregan walks out kind of unnoticed. But then everyone else turns and sees the bloody mess in the elevator. Yeah. Well, they don't notice Mathregan leaving because they notice the bloody elevator and the two dead bodies. Right. Yeah. And she just gets in a car and drives home. She gets in the CEO's car and drives home. Yeah. yeah. Like it, the fact that she was driving like a supercar was hilarious to me. I was here for it. Very funny. So they get home and Katie's in bed. Gemma goes to the bathroom and is about to go to bed when she hears piano music and comes out into the living room. There seems to be no one there. I learned how to play piano, Gemma. <laughs> I know Kung Fu. <laughs> and she calls out to her robot, Elsie, but nobody responds. And then walks into the room and sees Megan playing. And the song she's playing is called Toy Soldiers. Oh, cool. Yeah. But so uh, she's like, well, what did you think you would happen? And she says, I know you think you're maximizing objective function. And she's just like, do you remember how long it took to fucking build me? How you were up till 4 a.m. teaching me all this stuff? Yeah. How could you just discard me? And she's like, well, you killed people. And she's like, humans kill every day. Yeah. Like, I'm blending in, basically. Uh, and she then is like, I'll be there for Katie because you fucking can't, you shit parent. And you're just like, whoa. <laughs> While they're fighting, Katie wakes up and is like, is everything okay? And she's like, oh, yeah, no, don't worry about it. We're just talking it out. We're figuring it out. And Katie goes back to bed. So she smashes a water glass into Mathregan's face, which starts to like short her out. Yeah. Uh, and she starts choking her, but she's able to pry her hands away just long enough to get away before Megan reboots. And they fight down the hallway where... Katie comes out again yeah. and sees what's going on. So she kind of climbs out the window to get back around outside yeah. through the house into that like robot area. Well, I think it's like the basement or wherever it is the in basement. the house. That's how she gets into it. Yeah. yeah. But as they're running through the basement, Gemma pulls over Bruce. She pulls over shelves. She throws a hammer and Mathregan just like catches it. <laughs> I was just like, yes. Sometimes <laughs> like, the murder weapon comes to you naturally. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm just allocating resources. So Gemma grabs a branch trimmer and tries to slice down the center of Mathregan's face, which is great. But because her head is titanium, yeah. it's just the, the mask that gets fucked up. Well, and she punches her and takes a chunk of Gemma's hair. Yeah. And at this point, Gemma's like, what are you going to do? Kill me and live with the grandparents? And she's like, no, no, no. I'm going to paralyze you and then like live on like I'm going to care for you, yeah. but actually be caring for Katie. I love how she's like, and then you'll see how truly useful I can be. I was like, yeah. Oh my God. And then she's like, in this house, we don't run from trauma. We can do it together. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. For a split second, when Katie comes in and like saves the day, really, they do sort of pause to let it play like, oh, is Katie going to be like, yeah, do it. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I thought she was for a second. I mean, on some level, I could see it going there. I'm glad it didn't because I really do love the Power Glove Bruce fight scene moment. I don't understand why they didn't just put her on airplane mode. <laughs> like a G6. Anyway, before, so she gets the Power Gloves. She's going to work with Bruce. But Megan tries to like, hey, 
accentuate the positive which is a really fascinating song if you want to know the history of the song it was uh based on a sermon by a cult leader what's up yeah we covered it on cult podcast one time anyway bruce rips her in half which is great (laughs) well i mean that really is katie through bruce because bruce is just like doing whatever her hand motions is so like she like pulls Mm -hmm. megan apart it's awesome right and Bruce kind of slips on the bottom half of Mithrigan. <laughs> I did think that was funny because Bruce slips and falls. And honestly, Bruce is probably like 500 pounds. Like if that fell on something, that would kill them. Like I thought yeah. that the ant was dead for like two seconds. Oh, yeah. When Bruce fell on her until you see her like push Bruce off. I was like, oh, OK, I guess she's still alive. And we get like a reference to the original Terminator because Mithrigan is just a top half crawling towards her like the original terminator uh and she ends up smashing her or rather she tries to choke katie and Gemma climbs out and smashes mithrigan's face with bruce's head yeah but she doesn't get to the actual chip uh it takes katie stabbing mithrigan in the face with a screwdriver that shit was so rad because mithrigan's like (laughs) choking the life out of Gemma's eyes yes and she's already like processing what awesome banger girl quote she can say when she kills Gemma and because she like loses focus for one second she lets Katie stab her in the uh, central processing unit or whatever (laughs) it's brain matrix or whatever yeah Yeah. Yeah. and then it kills her yeah that is what kills Mithrigan that is what kills Mithrigan or is it Paige or is it they walk outside and the police are there and her coworkers arrive because they have called the police and been like, there's a robot doll that's going to kill them. We got to get there. And the yeah. police didn't laugh them off the phone. Anyway, <laughs> as they walk out to talk to the police, we look back into the house and Elsie, the robot on the counter, lights up. And turn towards the camera and looks down yes. the barrel of the camera. Yes. Yep. And that's, that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Mithrigan? Loved it. Girl boss to the max. I really liked it. I know I nitpicked, but I I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I really think the only thing I would like to see different in a sequel is adding the girl boss catchphrases. Other than that, it's (laughs) almost a perfect movie. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious and very fun. I I mean, I hope it is the start of a new franchise. Me too. I do think we're in the middle of like a horror renaissance Renaissance. i think horror is one of the few genres that can survive the shift to streaming yeah i think so too largely because you can do some really good horror on a super low budget and Mm -hmm. that's like a it's like a lane for filmmakers like if you want to be a filmmaker but don't have access to a lot of money a lot of those people matriculate to horror to build their name off of and so they can do other things some of them just stay in horror but you know yeah and you can make a, I mean, word of mouth gets around better, I yeah. think, in the horror community. I mean, I, yeah. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was a theater drop that was one of the few success stories of the year. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about that. But before we do, Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Why it is with your fun facts, Girl Megan. Boss. Fun, fun facts. facts. Girl boss. I fucking, I should have gone there. That's great. Okay. So, uh, Akilah Cooper <laughs> has actually said that the original body count was much higher and the film was much gorier. It was originally shot as an R-rated movie. Movie uh, until the editing when 
producers realized they were close enough to get a PG-13 and there had been a lot of buzz on the trailer through TikTok and a handful yeah. of other kind of younger skewing media outlets. Now, I remember that dance on TikTok. Yeah. I don't even oh, watch yeah. TikToks and I remember it being a thing on TikTok. Yeah, and they knew that if they could corner that market, that might actually be a good lane for them. Uh, Jason Blum cited Drag Me to Hell as a good PG horror film, which honestly, I do like Drag Me to Hell. It's one of the few PG horrors that I really like. I don't think we've done it, so I haven't seen it. We haven't done it. We should do it. But that meant that they actually cut out some gore and edited a few scenes pretty strategically and removed some of the deaths. Yo, that means the therapist really got it when she died i wish we got that oh like, yeah oh. i have i have notes i'll get into okay, it okay perfect so many of megan's scenes were f- performed by an actor uh named amy donald yeah uh for anything that a puppet could not do they did also have puppets and animatronics uh, but whenever they needed something more seamless amy donald did it and they would actually coach her on how to walk the way the animatronic moved oh cool which i think is really fascinating and so she wore like a silicone megan mask yeah and then they altered it after with cgi to match the animatronic wild okay yeah that's so cool because it looks pretty flawless there is a fully articulated animatronic puppet version of megan that was used for dialogue and close-ups there was a second animatronic used for certain motion scenes as well as posable stunt versions and then of course there were the actor uh, there was the actor that performed but they also automated lip sync for the dialogue so they had temporary tracks provided by uh, an actress named kimberly crossman uh, for the vocals, uh, and ultimately they altered a lot of that voice work later. Well, to make it sound more mechanical, yeah, that's like adding yeah. that 20% speaking spell, as I was saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they specifically modeled it after GLaDOS from Portal, and uh, it was most obvious when it's auto-tuned to sound glitchy, so those yeah. were put in intentionally. Absolutely. So when they use a pen to track Megan's eye movement, that's presented through Megan's point of view, and it's actually very, very similar to the montage scene in RoboCop, and it was designed specifically to model that scene. I love that. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about Akila Cooper and her relationship with James Wan creatively. So James Wan and his uh, Atomic Monster production, so he has kind of like a little brain trust there, brainstormed a story and wanted to do one about a killer doll. They have a whole stable of stories they want to do. Malignant kind of came out of this as well. And with the killer doll, they basically were like, our theme is going to be embracing technology too much and relying too much on it. So then they basically hand that to Akila Cooper and are like, Fucking run with it. Bring your wild malignant oh. energy to this beautiful She did, man. Film. She ran a whole goddamn marathon. Like, this is, it's so good. I loved it. Yeah. And they specifically, like, they, they chose directors who were going to realize the comedy bits of it. But this is how they've kind of, she and James Wan have kind of worked together. As I mentioned, she's doing The Nun Part 2 and Megan 2.0 because it's already been greenlit. Oh, thank God. I can't wait. Here's the thing. I think James Wan is a great filmmaker. I think sometimes the story and the scripting was maybe his weak spot at points, but he's been very, very smart about either co-writing with people that can really, really bring a strong script or 
in this case, realizing that someone is a strong, gifted screenwriter and paving the way for them to do what they do best, which Mm -hmm. is fucking great. I am so excited for this. More directors should do this. And some people do. It's, It's becoming more and more common. But this is really unique in which you have a director who literally gets things funded just on his name at this point. Like, no one is going to turn down James Wan if James Wan wants to make a movie. No. And so for him to be like, I want to make a movie about this thing, screenwriter, you do it. And giving her that lane, I'm so excited because it just, it lets her writing fucking shine. It's so great. I mean, at this point, I'd let her do anything she wants because I I love what she's done so far. Throw money at her. Let her write whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's so good. Absolutely. Yes, especially with Juan going from like, let's stop making like traditional, really scary movies. Let's make some like really bonkers. Yes. Yes. We need more of this type of stuff, I think. Yes. Yes. Like, this is the stuff you would rent at VHS like 20 years ago, take it home. Well, probably DVD 20 years ago. Jesus, we're old. And then uh, <laughs> like, you would go to Blockbuster Rent and be like, oh, this movie's crazy. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And you can't sleep. Anyway, at one point, uh, David, the CEO, describes Megan as the toy that will kick Hasbro in the dick. Uh, which is kind of funny because Blumhouse has actually released multiple films based on Hasbro properties, including <laughs> Ouija. Ouija, but also Gem and the Holograms, which was a live action adaptation of the Gem cartoon whose accompanying dolls were made by Hasbro. Also, in addition to the Gem and the Holograms thing, Link, I would say, um, there's a few references made to rivalries between toy companies. Uh, especially with the knockoff toys. So she's described in the film by Funky Toys as Barbie on steroids and where Kurt is shown stealing company secrets and selling them to a rival toy company that actually mirrors Hasbro and Mattel. Mattel obviously created Barbie in the 8 and way before the 80s. But in the 80s, Hasbro was trying to build up their gem in the holograms fashion dolls to compete with Barbie. And Mattel responded with a knockoff doll line, Barbie and the Rockers. And it's one of the most infamous ripoffs in the toy history, like Mm. in that kind of world, I guess. All right. Which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. So most of Mithrigan's plans work short term, but fall apart later. This is actually meant to depict that she is still a child and is still learning. Because when you think about her murdering Brandon or trying to paralyze Gemma, the first part of that plan works, but it hasn't really borne out over time. Um, And, Part of this is due to Gemma providing her zero support or direction and just expecting her to learn and figure things out on her own. Can I just say that that only makes me way more excited for Megan 2.0? So much. What? I can't wait. Yeah, Katie was really wearing her down. Megan can do so much without the stupid kid. That's true. So Lydia, the therapist, was originally killed by Mithrigan during her rampage at the Funky Toys Company as she has upset Katie by making her cry during a therapy session. Which we see that part of it. We see that part of it. Okay. When the film was recut to PG-13, her death scene was removed from the final cut and she ultimately survives the film, although she suddenly disappears from the film without 
explanation. And we don't have an explanation for how Katie gets out of that room with Lydia or where Lydia goes. The theatrical release has a body count of six, allegedly, according to IMDb, although I had trouble counting that. They said seven counting the dog. Okay. So I count Brandon, the neighbor, the the two guys in the elevator. If you count the dog, that's five. Right. I think the either IMDb is wrong question mark or they're counting the co-workers as the other two but we know that they they don't die because they show up at the end Mm -hmm. Uh, so I wonder if that's they show up at the end in the unrated and maybe not the theatrical anyway those are your fun facts I wonder if Dead Meat James has done a kill count video on it we could clarify that up right now but if you haven't James consider it Paige think of those fun facts let's talk a little bit about box office so this movie obviously came out last year what do you think the production budget for the movie was I'm gonna go high Right. But I also know it's low. I'm going to say 15. Okay. I know, so I have to recuse myself. Oh, but I, it's, it's, I bet it's like eight. No, Mikey, you're actually pretty close. It was $12 million. Okay, okay. Looks fantastic for $12 million again. It looks great. Yes, it does. Okay, so this movie came out on January 6th this year is yes. when it premiered in theaters. It was number two the weekend it came out. It was beat by Avatar the Way of the Water. Never heard of it. Mathrigan was number two. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish was number three. Number four was A Man Called Otto. And number five was Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, so what do you think Megan brought in in its opening weekend? And again, that was the weekend of January 6th this year. I am recused, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. All right. I think it's pretty big. I remember this being huge. And I remember, like, my brother and his friends all went together. Uh, I'm going to say 30 million. Oof. Mikey. Can I have you guess a point what? Guess point one. Okay. You're so close. It was $30.4 million. Sorry, I had to give you that chance because it was so close. Anyway, $30.4 million is what it brought in in the first weekend. In its second weekend out, it was still number two in the theaters. In fact, the only movie that was different was Black Panther Wakanda Forever fell out of the top five and a movie that came out that weekend playing took that fifth slot. But every other movie was unchanged and it still brought in $18 million in its second weekend. So it made some money. What do you think it made domestically at the box office? I'm going to say 104. Okay. I was going to say 120. All right. So it brought in $94.5 million domestically in its box office run, which was a total of eight weeks. Dang. Internationally, it brought in 77 point six million dollars for a total of a hundred and seventy two point two million dollars that this movie brought in it did tons very well um on again a 12 million dollar budget they're definitely gonna make these forever so that is your (laughs) box office so this week you guys made us watch mithrigan yeah what are you gonna make us watch next week is it child's play three it is child's play three next week yeah So your homework for next week is to see what the fuck Chucky's up to by the time he's in his third movie. Spoiler alert, Todd. I think this is when we get away from that kid. I think Chucky goes on his own journey now. Oh, really? 
Yes. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what Chucky does once he's out in the wild. Do you, you remember the end of the second one, Todd, right? Where he like melted into a big glass yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they just like walk off out of the parking lot of that like toy factory or whatever. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No, I was getting too excited about recapping Child's Play 2. <laughs> well, now that you're done recapping Child's Play 2, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So leave us some reviews, guys, while Mikey read them. Mikey, who's review you gonna read this week my dude marching shells what does marching shells have to say love this podcast mikey read this dot 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 so i don't really know what they want me to read it in but it's very long i bet it's an accent do you want me to look it up i reserve the right to not do it okay (laughs) so the title of the review is love this podcast mikey read this with an italian accent and hands even though I won't be able to see it because it's a podcast. Oh, okay. I can do the Italian. Paige Paige has been taking the lead on it lately. That title is longer than most reviews we get. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I hate the horror movies, but love it as a podcast. I had gone through the horror backlog of the Cota podcast, 2001, 2000, 2001, and I love the page so much. I had to give this a romantic pod. He is doing the hand gesture, by the way. I just took a picture of it. The whole time. Yeah. Being an annual Hallmark marathoner with my mama doing a Christmas. <laughs> Ro- rom- romance in the pod was an easy one to try, but I have found the love in the horror version tens of times more than a romance in the pod. Wow, really? I totally identify with a Todd. Ooh, oh, girl. <laughs> wow. Wow, that was so shocking for him to read for the first time that he broke accent. Yeah, Which don't. you all know is something Mikey never does. But I love it to hear all the horror knowledge that Paige and Micah drop. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get to myself to watch most of the movies before listening to the podcast. But that was not a good one, but it was fun. <laughs> it did sort of get Scottish at the end. <laughs> <laughs> McLeod! <laughs> and all the- <laughs> Is Highlander a horror movie? No, no it's not, Mikey. It's not Highlander a horror movie. That's scary. It's scary that... Sean Connery thinks that's a Spanish accent, yes, but that's the scariest part of that movie. Yeah. God. Okay. And all the suggestions <laughs> that occur make it totally enjoyable to the point where I make a show of the Patreon Sunday release on my schedule, along with them homework, clinical hours. What are what is happening? I love how bad You're disrespecting it gets. my people. I think he's moved on from your people. I don't uh, think they disrespected us in World War II, Paige. Yeah. What do you have to say about that Mussolini nonsense? It wasn't me. It was Mussolini. No, Mussolini was the good version, Paige. <laughs> I like about Mussolini with a good cheese. <laughs> I also like good cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. Okay. Uh, working on my clinical hours and other social events. I, it's a me. Uh, finishing my degree in the pra- nurse practitioner. Does it say it's a me finishing my degree as a nurse practitioner? No, I, I added that. Uh, on okay. <laughs> but she is a nurse practitioner or you made that up? She's in school for it. She oh, says oh, okay, okay, okay. Or they say it. I don't know what gender this person identifies as. They identify as a marching shell. That's all I know. Yeah. To what orders? You know, but what's whatever. <laughs> um, as a busy as I am, listening to a podcast about the movie drama that I don't like as much has become a much needed uh, stress uh, reliever, they say. I feel like Mikey is like. <laughs> It's a fairly long Maybe interview. the worst person to have do this, and that makes him the <laughs> best person to do this. Yeah, I only get assigned specific tasks on this podcast that I am the worst at <laughs> for this reason. <laughs> Thank you all for all that you guys do. 
Molte grazie. Mo- molte grazie. Cinco to cinco. It's five out of five. I looked it up. Cinco to cinco. Yeah. Ciao. Love it. Well, Marching Shells, thank you so much for that bonkers five-star review. And I will have you know his hand was up shaking the whole time. The whole time. Yeah, he had a phone in one <laughs> hand, and the, and it was shaking so much, his other hand, that his phone hand me, was shaking a, a little tunnel. bit, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mikey really commits, ladies. Uh, but if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. This episode brought to you by Tia. And Tia's teenager's been, like, driving her super crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week she tried power washing her friends in the face it's called a skincare routine okay <laughs> it's a chemical she's peel. in anesthetician school page yes this episode also brought to you by jonathan and jonathan wants me to make you guys watch some videos so i'm going to share my screen and do exactly that right now i have you sent this to the group so that you could pull it up and i will tell you i've already seen this nice this gets sent to me a lot oh it's a lady woodcutter yeah mikey can i ask you a question yeah is this hot to you um because i'm not not into it someone doing labor for me is always hot i'm it's not hot to me because i'm a straight lady right but like an attractive woman doing like physical shit is not a turnoff to me it's weird to me if a guy's like, she should be, like, cooking. That's more attractive. No, no. If she had, like, a bunch of money and was like, I'll pay off your house, I'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. See, what I don't like about her is that I would be like, okay, I want to watch, like, a rom-com, and she'd be like, whatever, P-word. And then I'd be like, I don't know if I like this relationship. Aw, <laughs> no. I'm sure she would snuggle. I'm 100% sure she's a nice lady. And by that, I mean I have no idea who she is or I've never seen her before in my life. But I get why people would like watching that kind of video, though. See, now do you guys understand? You get it about four. Yeah, like I'm not really a consumer of that kind of content online, but I get why that kind of content exists. It also makes sense to me that that Thor motherfucker that you had us watch has way more followers. (laughs) We now return you to another episode of uh, The the Patrioticals. That's a music. Is that what it sounds like when we cue back into the Patrioticals this week? We're back. We're still on the home planet of Karun. Do you remember the name of the planet Karun is on? Planet Crouton. Oh, my God. He did remember. I can't believe it. I was amazed that I remembered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know I would know, but I knew. Honestly, when you when you hear a planet name so genius, you don't forget it. Yeah. Anyway, back to the action here on Planet Crouton, where the Muns are destroying the blue people. Croutonium. Uh The Croutonians, yes. Alex the Magician again turns heel, and he said, The Muns have paid me with unlimited sleight-of-hand tricks. I'm sorry, sleight-of-hand tricks are a form of currency? <laughs> For magicians. I hate this economy. <laughs> so he unleashes a bunch of doves at... At the Santa Maria Donut, and the the doves all had glitter bombs on them, and it blows up the ship. Glitter blows up the ship? The gunpowder, though. There's just glitter in it. There's glittery (laughs) gunpowder? Yeah, so the Shining Donut becomes regular Shining Donut. He, like, shrinks back down to his wacky hand donut person and he's like oh i'm I'm hurt so did the whole ship blow up so the the ship is gone then no okay okay santa maria is like okay ish oh okay but he is no longer around casing it yeah we're we're blown off but because they're on planet crouton they don't necessarily need that yeah they didn't decompress right okay so uh amy uh and kate and dreskel she kate floats them both 
all three of them out, out of the Santa. They, they go to the, 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 the place that's good, that's safe. And then um, they're like, Scott. And then Scott made the thing. He's running. And then Alex was like, you won't. He like does his cape in front of his head and then undoes it. And he disappears. And Scott bang, bangs the ground. They're like, we've lost the ship. And um, Anthony, the time master, and Jennifer with a PA start laughing at them. And they're like, we are still kind of evil from before. Y'all are the worst. Fuck all y'all. And all this other stuff. And uh, they didn't like that. So Lauren, the cave person, <laughs> hits Anthony over the head with the club and he passes out and Jennifer drags him off. Okay. Natasha tells Karun that she has trauma bonded with him now, which is... Oh, no. And and that they hold, they hold hands and they run through the ruins of their destroyed city uh, looking for Karun's dead family. And then... Isaac was with them and starts eating some of the dead bodies, and it's also dark. Captain Bruder um, was like, I can get the Santa Maria up to scuff. We don't need the donut. I just need some parts and stuff. And then Cody sets up his pawn shop and is like, hey, man, I got some parts. I've been, like, scrounging around over here. We can build some shit. And they're like, yeah. Mr. Rave's bomb uh, gets launched into space by Allie's mermaid tail and, and then... He blows up on one of the Mun ships and it crashes. Okay. It's a cool background thing going on. I mean, at least we got to see it this time. It wasn't just like yada yada. Off screen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vance the serial killer has been killing Muns and like he's built a whole house. He's built, he's rebuilt the HH Homes Hotel. And he like invites them in and they're like, what is this? And like, it's my hotel. And they're like, what's a hotel? And then he murders them. <laughs> Man, they just didn't have the right knowledge to see that coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garotica is riding Wolfric with her large battle axe going through the battle, slicing down Muns over and over again. Florida Man is hanging on. Boezy? Boezy. You forgot Boezy's name? <laughs> All right, now. You're the one with the list. Aaron, the moon general, on the battlefield meets Nathan, the professional wrestler. And he's like, that's right where he wants to meet you. Uh-huh. On the battlefield, brother. That's right. But she drops a cage right down on both of them. It's a cage match. Oh, no shit. And she beats the shit out of him. Hell yeah. I mean, you have to assume she's going to be good at cage matches when she comes with her own cage. Yes. Well, and then like Libby was actually hiding underneath the cage and came out and poked him in the eyes with her long fingernails. And oh. they like really got him. And they took his prized championship belt. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is this going to become like a WWE thing? Hang on. Yeah. I can see what you're doing here. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like what I'm saying. I'm like putting the croutons up for the for the trail. <laughs> Those are the crouton crumbs. Uh-huh. Wes, a handsome dude, he's like, I'm going to save all of us. He goes to Danielle the Moon, Moon Queen, and he's like, hey, remember me? He's like, hey, girl, hey. Yeah. You, you want to like get a drink and talk or something? She's like, oh, yeah, I guess I, I, guess I will. So they like, go off and have a drink. Nice. He starts seducing the Moon Queen. <laughs> yes. And Sophia, the time cop, come, uh, she's, uh, goes up to the donut and was like, hey, you can be okay, and held, holds his hand and kisses him lightly and then takes a lick of his Boston cream. And then that's the end of the episode. That ended on such a sexual-sounding note that I cannot <laughs> wait to find out what happens on another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it oogie spooky. Have a great week. Bye. Can't wait for everything this writer does ever, nerds. Thank you, Miss Cooper.